0: That sounds really British. Put a finger in me, daddy. Why are you in such a sad sack, you piece of shit? That, my friend, is exquisite nonsense.
1: He's always crying about his dead parents. (laughs) We're sick of it. (laughs) Just in the corner. Becky, you bitch! Come here, come have sex with me. You're gonna take the time to dig up a body. You're gonna fuck it at least a little bit.
0: There's been very few vaginas that have made me chuckle.
2: Welcome to People Time. Uh, oh my god. Uh, huh, are
1: you all right? Uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah. yeah, I feel great. Oh. I feel hot and tired and amazing. Oh, that's good. Yep.
2: You all right, mate?
1: Yeah. Why would I not be all right, mate? I
2: don't know. I feel I feel a little more Britishy today than I normally feel, and I'm not sure why. I don't know. It's really
1: disgusting that you keep bringing
2: that up, but oh. is this a segue? I feel like it's like... It's there's something Britishy going on. I can feel it. Oh, that's right. We it's have your a semen. Oh, that's my semen's Britishy. That doesn't make I'm not following. It's like your
1: will to become English has turned your semen into from like the those, inside
2: out. It's trying to.
1: No, I mean your spermatosa all wear like a little cap <laughs> and talk about Winston Churchill. Yeah, and
2: Chelsea Club. Good. This is yeah. I like all of that. No, I think the real reason why I feel Britishy today is because we have a guest. Ryan Whoa. from Knackers in the Breeze podcast. If you uh, we've had him on a few times. Ryan. Hello. Although your name's not Ryan today, is it?
0: No. Well, as a, as a tribute to People Time. One of the uh, episodes you did was Rasputin. So, as a as a farewell to Knackers in the Breeze because it is uh, no longer a podcast anymore unfortunately. It's one of the uh, casualties of COVID. One of the more tragic casualties of COVID. There's no vaccination for that. Uh, Knackers in the Breeze, but uh episodes are still available on spotify somehow uh so the name i'm coming up with this week is naxputin naxputin nice <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably my last name with knackers as a as a little prefix i think
2: Boop i'm gonna give a salute Knackers in the Breeze. I've always loved the episodes. I know you can still find some of them today. Obviously, you've got them on YouTube and other places. I still go back and listen to them sometimes. So, if you haven't, go listen to them. It's a good show. Just I-
0: pause this podcast and go, and go and listen to them now. Yeah, fuck us. Actually, unsubscribe from this and... No, I'm joking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fully unsubscribe. You don't even have to do that, but do it anyways to go watch <laughs> yes. the other one. Can
0: I just mention, when you were talking about British sperm at the beginning, <laughs> the only thing that came into my head was like our flags called the Union Jack and... I just thought Union Splat. <laughs> <Cut>. <laughs> that's pretty good. There it is. I forget, you're very punny. Yeah. Red, spunk, and blue. I'm not
2: <laughs> See, I'm a little bit slower. I'm still impressed. I can't think of any. Well, well, we're,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, that's sort of a fun, because the point of the podcast is that we're stupid. So I'm playing
2: right into it. Perfect.
0: Well, I am good at puns. It's just uh, not very good at keeping friends with uh, the the use of puns. <laughs> <laughs> after After like ten hours they're like, "All right, I
1: get it, I get it, you're clever, all right
2: well, wait who are you today then uh captain lactate, Captain lactate, mm-hmm, do you lactate At your service from a specific area,
1: the normal area? No, I just fight in the wars of the milk." The,
2: the milk wars? <laughs> the lactation <laughs> wars. I've made the this rank is, of captain. This sounds interesting. You know, we've had the current wars, which involved, you know, Tesla, so it was all about electricity. So you're in the milk wars. Yeah. Just uh, cows and stuff? No, like humans, human ladies. Well, I mean, like over cows, milk?
1: I don't know all the details of the war. I just, you, you know. just fight I in serve, it. serve, yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, you're just there. I'm just there for a good time. I'm just there to have fun.
2: Good.
0: <laughs> you know, you got to live your life. Did you see, Captain? Yeah, Captain Lacton. Oh, I salute you. Thank <laughs> you. Oh. For Captain, he's earned that rank. He doesn't know what the war is for or why he's here, but he just wants <laughs> to drink milk. But he's been promoted quite a lot. <laughs> That's why
1: he's it's...
2: Captain. He does what he's told. He doesn't yeah. question, <laughs> don't
0: question it. I
1: just make sure that people line up and drink the milk. You don't need to know where it came from. What's your name?
2: My name is Carl Papa. Carl Papa? Mm-hmm. You get a funeral if you don't wise up and call me Carl Papa. I don't know what you're saying
1: to me. I, I love being serenaded. Oh, good. Um,
2: I like serenading a captain. It feels good. <laughs> I like a man in uniform. Serenade <laughs> me with that lactate. Carl Papa? You, you don't know the song Carl Papa? Uh-uh. It's a bad lip reading, and they did it over uh,
0: The Walking Dead. Oh! And it's
2: Carl...
0: Yeah. I know the I love notorious BIG, isn't is it? it. Like, I like the when you call me Big, Papa. Big Pop. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a real player. You guys are both rap guys, I don't know. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, we're no, both don't rap. Don't do rap. <laughs> we're both rappers. <laughs> oh, I, I believe I'm too British for rap. But, um, uh, ca- carry on yeah. as you guys were. Too ne- Brit, ne- too ne- ra-
1: yeah. But I did want to, like, the announcement is that Sputin, is that what it was? Yes. And Captain Lactator, the new two newest members of Wu-Tang Clan. Whoa. Yeah. I so didn't know that. That's that nice. was, That's actually the only reason we're here today. We invited you. I didn't get an invitation. Out of, oh. must uh, have got lost in the mail. Well, mostly embarrassment. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fine. Because I needed your microphones.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't have my own, so you're the one that like you get the invitation and then when they show up they're like hey you sit in the back thanks for bringing the stuff by the way excellent
1: great go sit over there quietly
2: yeah
0: okay you guys need a sandwich (laughs) yeah you want some more milk now put your sword down. <laughs> <laughs> We're not at war now. It's just my house. The war
2: is on pause. <laughs> well, uh, do you have a fun fact today? I do. Oh, I can't wait.
1: So we like to uh, be dicks about because it's the a history podcast, which means a lot of let's say medical misunderstandings in the past are a recurring theme that we like to yeah be superior about because we always make fun of like leeching and bloodletting and other.
2: I got the cholera. <laughs> yeah.
1: Poor people without medical uh, science just suffering endlessly, which I find hilarious. hilarious. One thing that I didn't know about, I, I might be less known about, and it was actually a dabbler who uh, turned me on to this. People used to eat bodies, like mummies. What? So like... Because there wasn't
2: any food around?
1: No, it was a medical technique. Where I, I don't know who came up with this amazing idea, but the idea was that if you have like a headache, you should drink a tincture of skull. Oh, what's a tincture? It's yeah, just a medical mixture. So it's like, like a tonic. Yeah, it's like a tonic. Huh. So you mix it with some water and some herbs and some uh, get your hands on a mummy because they're laying around. And some Jack
0: Daniels. Sure.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, it goes, <laughs> yeah. It helps it helps it go down. And this went even further than that. So like. They would go to Egypt, right? And this is—I um, mean, obviously, I'm talking about. I mean, for Euro- a headache, this is the Europeans I'm talking about here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they would go to Europe, or sorry, Egypt, gather up the mummies, uh, mix them around to a fine dust, and then sell them as uh, for medical
2: purposes. It seems like such a waste for like, oh, you have a headache? Eat this guy. Eat a skull. Like, if is there is it? more medical stuff they use it for that's a little bit more like oh you've got cancer eat this guy's foot and that way you know (laughs) that's like if it's foot cancer yeah they should have sold it they should have got
0: like gym heads to like sell it go like you don't want to use that powder shit you want to use the mummy powder shit you'll get bulk from that mummy power
2: get some I can see that commercial we can make that commercial
1: but they went further than that even where this idea became like any body parts are good for you that like your your soul is in your blood, so if you're sick, you need to drink people's blood. Okay, but where's the wiener come in? I know it's coming in. There's no wiener stuff. But you don't eat a wiener for... If you have dick cancer and someone will give you their wiener,
2: yes. Okay. I I, I think that logic actually Through still stands. In history, the phallus is like worshipped and worn on necklaces and yeah. all sorts of shit, but when it comes to like medical things, eat the skull... Whatever, eat whatever, but Wiener... There's nothing
0: medical about a dick. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's more like... Maybe they just don't want to waste it. They're just like, oh, I'm, I'll pocket that for later. <laughs> mm, freeze that, make nice. a mold out of it.
1: You know, after nicer than after a plague or a battle, someone just goes out and hacks off the dicks and has a bag full of dicks and sells them to the <laughs> back apothecary. back
0: can make a jokes. really good, like, coat, coat hanger, coat stool.
1: Oh, it's Jimmy with the dick bag. <laughs> oh, my
2: God.
0: Every Tuesday with Jimmy.
2: Well, I love it, too, that someone says, it's a common thing to say, eat a bag of dicks. And you're like, who's carrying around a bag of dicks? Jimmy. Jimmy is. (laughs) Every
0: every Tuesday. All right. Every Tuesday. Do you want crunchy, salted? I've got salted and sweet. Do you want butter with it? (laughs) (laughs) Teriyaki flavored. The new cinnamon. Do you guys, I've seen it in American films, do you guys put a load of butter on popcorn? Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Like a a ton. People do. I don't like popcorn, but it's very oh, like, common. Yeah,
1: if
2: I go to the movies, I leave with some heart palpitations. It's so much I ate. It's so much so that they have a pump at a lot of places, so you can pump your own butter, so you can get as a much as you like. And people will fuck me, stand there and wait. Do you guys
1: it. don't do butter and popcorn? No. What do you guys do?
2: <laughs> wow. You guys eat popcorn, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard of that. <laughs> We've heard of it. <laughs> Is it like, do you guys just salt it or something? It's either salted, sweet, or salted and sweet. I like the the combination. See, we we don't don't even really, like,
3: we
1: have sweet popcorn, but it's one of those things that, like, only grandmas eat. Like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're more like, just put some fucking butter (laughs) on it and make me feel fat. (laughs) Do you guys, you put, do you put, like, um, maple syrup on bacon as well? Yeah. Some people, I don't. That's that's a strange thing.
1: But I I'll put fucking maple syrup on any goddamn thing.
2: I love this. We have a, we have a British guy on here, and he's like, Americans really do this. And not only is it so nonchalant to us, but like I'm just picturing fat Americans. I'm like, yeah, th- this is why everyone. <laughs> I like how
0: the, the rest of the world would be going like. Hold on. Hold on, British guy. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's dissect what the British eat. There's <laughs> poke holes in that. All right, I'll, I'll stop. I don't think, like, you know, that that's sort of like an
1: internet meme, right, of the bad diets of Americans. But it's not a meme. We just do eat horrible shit.
2: Hey, no, endlessly. At least we're not eating mummy brains, mummy skull.
1: I would
0: if it was prescribed by a doctor and <laughs> added <it> with butter. <laughs> not, and na- add not enough <laughs> butter. Butter and maple yeah. syrup. It's a butter. It's <laughs> a butter tincture. Whereas, whereas we're like just like if you add a bit of vodka in it, I'll, I'll down it.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> the the highlight of this
1: this fun fact before we move past is that they would take it to such levels that at public executions, you know, they cut a dude's head off. Sure. People would stand uh, underneath the stage and gather the blood as it came out of their the brains. Can you and, imagine that was your job? Yeah, and then sell it, right? Um, <laughs> and
2: people would buy it because
1: it works. Well, what's funny is they think the soul was in the blood, so they want to drink this criminal's soul. <laughs> Right. To fix their... Their back pain. <laughs> their, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Their stuffy nose and they can't get hard that day. And they're like, well, let me get some blood. I need some soul. Oh, my God. So.
0: I love to be in the, the room where that was like first conceived. I'm like, oh, I've got a really bad head. I don't know how I'm going to survive anymore. Well, have you tried drinking the blood of a criminal who's <laughs> just been uh, freshly executed? I've got some right here, actually. That, what? <laughs> like, you don't already do this? Oh, God, May, what are you doing? You're missing out. Throw some butter in there. I'll,
1: I'll walk you through it. It's going to be great. Oh. And you're going to be hard for a week.
2: <laughs> it's just a side effect. Yeah. It's going to be great, though. Hide your
0: wife. Hide, you.
1: <laughs> hide your wife.
0: Have you got heart problems? Find a, find a freshly executed body and stick your thumb in his ass. <laughs> Play him like a puppet. Well,
2: we can get started with the episode today because yes, please, we are doing Edgar Allan Poe. Woo. Mother of God, you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Obviously, you've heard of Edgar Allan Poe, but how much do you hmm, know about him? What would you say
0: offhand then? he's like the the king of the goths, isn't he? That's a really good point. Yes, is he?
2: He's got. He's very. His oh, writing yeah, was gothic, very gothic. Yeah, style. that's what
0: South Park said. They're, he's like the the ultimate goth. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Really, like he's yeah. a very dismal
2: person <laughs> yeah very melancholy very dreary <laughs> <laughs> i love to
1: think that that's a way to describe a person like he's just bummed out a lot he was right.
2: literally described as being melancholy
1: by people <laughs> at least <laughs> right. by one person i feel lack remote
2: <laughs> um raven
1: yes e- that's the end of what i know
2: a very popular poem not a short story i'd say
1: all of my edgar Allan poe education is from the simpsons I didn't know they discussed it. Uh, They redo the the poem in one of their Halloween episodes, Treehouse of Horror. And then uh, there's also a time when Lisa gets so jealous about another girl in school who's smarter than her because she made a uh, diagram of the telltale heart. Okay, yeah. And then she broke the diagram out of jealous rage, which is out of character for Lisa. And really, we should talk about it because (laughs) as far as character development goes for a cartoon that
2: resets every week... (laughs) Sure. I didn't, I, out of this world oof. my friend i don't watch the simpsons i'm sorry you gave me some seasons to check out and i still i still haven't that was like two years ago sorry about that you got on you got on my recommendation to get on tiktok before watching the simpsons you bugged me about it super hard <laughs> and then you, then you left tiktok and now i'm left in there like Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) the problem with TikTok is you get on for, you know, like, I'm going to watch three videos. next thing you know, it's three in the morning and you're going, oh, shit.
1: Where have I been? Oh,
2: God. Oh, shit. No, I would go in, like, blackout spirals on that
1: fucking thing. I had (laughs) had to leave. (laughs) Well, now I'm, like, can you walk me through and I have to go through the, uh... Just delete it and don't think think about (laughs) it. I'm not going to.
2: I can quit. I just don't feel like it.
0: <laughs> Captain Lactaceous. I've am i watched so many milking videos on TikTok now. I'm going to, I'm going to war. Where's my gun? Well, that's how I got promoted. My. <laughs> how, many, how many pregnant women videos I watched. Sergeant Lactate beforehand.
2: I get promoted from watching TikTok videos. Damn, dude, the world has changed. You should stay on there. Up your rank. It's a major. Well, either way, uh, let me go and give you a quick synopsis of Edgar Allan Poe because you guys have nailed it. That's pretty much the most common, I think, knowledge on Edgar. He was a, an American writer and poet, especially known for his short stories and his poems, like The Raven, the short story The Telltale Heart. I can't say that one. Telltale. Telltale. Tell. Telltale. tell-tale.
1: Just say telltale. Yeah. No, no, no one, one will know. know. No, no,
2: no, no. Yeah. And uh, he was actually one of the first people in the country. Secretly we know. <laughs> <laughs> Only we won't. Only, yeah. Uh, they don't know, <laughs> even though we told them.
1: God damn it, we do that every time. <laughs>
2: well, Edgar is actually one of the first people in the country to write about detective mystery stories. So he's actually the Ooh. father of kind of the detective genre. He's the father of NCIS? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could make that connection. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's the real sustaining Im- uh, influence, I think. Yeah, and he, he's kind of also the one who popularized short stories in general in America. Huh. So Because he, he wrote about so many of them and yeah. uh, became quite popular. And then on top of all of that, a lot of people are interested in his death because it is very mysterious and strange, which we'll go over. That's fun. I love a mysterious death. Yeah, it kind of really fits him as a person. His his whole life and his death just makes sense. But as a
0: goth, he'd probably be like, "I've been in, I've been dead inside this whole time." Anyway, yeah, way? I just I just became my my true <laughs> form.
2: I died, and no one understands me of how I died. No one gets me. No one will ever <laughs> get
0: me, Mom. <laughs> my true form is not existing anymore
2: well i love that you're already kind of putting this gothic style on him because he's a you're gonna find out he's a bit of a brat like like a goth yeah yeah he's kind of anyways so let's go ahead and jump in shall we i mean
1: marilyn manson is a huge piece of shit so it all works out this is nice
2: this yeah around well his mother was elizabeth arnold hopkins poe she was an actress and his father was David Poe Jr., who was also an actor, although his mother was known to be a better actress than his father being an actor. Hey, so,
1: I mean, actors get married all the time, and one is always better than the yeah, other. Yeah, you so. have to
2: like, oh, that's... Well, mm. Why is she with him? <laughs> yeah, she can do better. Yeah. He's only so-so. She's really good.
0: But she was she was amazing at faking orgasms.
2: Ooh. <laughs> that's always what you got to worry about when you're, an a- when you're dating an actor. <laughs> it's what you got to worry Is that real? About.
1: I don't know, was it? I don't know. I'm pretty good. And huh? the
2: Academy Award goes to
1: <laughs> <Aww>. Lying Bitch. <laughs> uh J Lo. That's who I wanna uh, you know. <laughs> Sounds like you just
2: shouting that out. It has nothing to do with anything, just by the way, I wanna fuck J Lo. I just wanna make sure to remind everybody that there's someone I want to forget. <laughs>
0: I want to fuck J-Lo, and I want her to be really disappointed with my performance.
2: She can act all she wants. I don't care. She can not have a good time. She's not gonna. I I already anticipate that. Nice. I'm no Ben Affleck.
0: She's still Jenny from my car.
2: <laughs> oh, well, so uh, with Edgar, his parents it doesn't really matter because they're both gonna die pretty early on, Oh, at his great age, so uh, to start his life off already melancholy, I mean already dead, depressing, dead parents that
1: yeah. should do it
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: My parents just died it's a it's not bummed. great, <laughs> not brilliant, <laughs> it's
1: not ideal, but
0: <laughs> and it's cloudy <laughs> and it's a Monday
1: that's
2: kind of <laughs> a lot of things. Just a lot going on with me right now. Yeah, so <laughs> Edgar he was born in eighteen oh nine. And by the way, he does not have the middle name Alan. That will come up later. So it's just Edgar Poe. And his father decided to leave the family pretty much right after he was born. He actually has a little sister as well. She's born and then his dad's like, You
0: know what? Well for cigarettes.
2: Yeah, I don't want to be dad anymore. So he takes off. Not and so often
0: <laughs> just sees Edgar's face and go, Nope, I'm out. Oh fuck.
2: It's a weird head look. Oh, like look at that weird looking head. <laughs> Why are you such a sad sack, you piece of shit? <laughs> you're you're bumming everybody out. You're <laughs> bumming me out. I'm leaving. <laughs> what this father. Father. This <laughs> is how I look. I've got resting, depressed face. <laughs> <laughs> I've got resting sad face. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so he's so when he's about six years old. His mother dies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still laughing. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. So (laughs) this is that uh, Freud and What's that called? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah. I got a little bit of, yeah, it's it's not, I'm not sad little Poe. So it's funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry to laugh while I'm like, his mother died when he's six. (laughs) What a little piece of shit. And then his father (laughs) probably died on purpose. (laughs) To get away, to get away. <laughs> just to spite
0: him. Uh,
2: the depression just spread, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. You're always,
0: yeah. <laughs> not another fucking story written in crown, <laughs>
2: Yeah. She died of tuberculosis, because why not? It's 1800s. Everybody dies of tuberculosis. In fact, most of Edgar's family dies of tuberculosis. His father who left, he died of tuberculosis a year after his mom. Not that he saw him, but still. Everyone dies of tuberculosis. It's karma. Yeah, yeah. Leave the family, will you? Tuberculosis. <laughs> Pow. Yeah. Although everybody's getting <laughs> to too, so no one knows why. What did I do wrong? I don't know. Everyone has it. God hates all of you. Yeah. So there's actually three kids. Edgar's um, one of the three, of course. He's the middle child. Of course, he's the. Oh, uh, it just fits perfectly, right? No Ugh. one gets me. <laughs> I'm always unnoticed. Uh, but the, all the kids got split up. So when his mom died, they're like, "We, we got to figure out where all the kids are going to go." And they didn't keep them together. His older brother went and lived with the grandparents. His younger sister, I think, went and lived with some other family. But he was actually more or less adopted, not completely
0: legally. You know, Even officially. his grandparents
2: didn't want him. <laughs> they saw him they're like I saw what you're. Jesus, yeah, yes.
0: No, this fucking downer.
2: Your mom went and got tuberculosis to get away. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: So he's always crying about his dead parents. <laughs> We're sick of it. We
2: get it. God. I
0: complain about his dead parents and, and doesn't like Mondays either.
2: Jesus. Just, oh, it, oh
1: I asked for no pickles. Oh. He's <laughs> oh, always wearing black. Just <laughs> seems... Oh, no.
0: Who do you think you are? Johnny Cash, who hasn't been uh, born yet? Yeah, who do
2: you think? Yeah. God. Boy named Sue. Can't live here. That, that's Johnny Cash, right? Yeah. Boy named Sue. There's my only yeah. reference. I'm sorry. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, you're not a big country. Out, oh, guy. It's fine. Yeah, Ring of Fire. There's another one. <sighs> Fucking love Johnny Cash.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, you just don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> don't, no one gets me. Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he goes and gets essentially adopted. Like a family friend, or is this like a state type of adoption? They're, they're kind of like. It's just a, a, a dude and his wife who are pretty wealthy. Like, they have good money. He's got a good business. Mm. And I guess they. We're fostering kids, but not really ever adopting or keeping them. Like, they'd foster sure. him for a while, find a home. But with Edgar, they fostered him and then decided, we'll just have him be our son. And they don't go through the process of adopting him, but he's he's basically their son. They treat him really well. He has great affection for his foster mother. Hmm. And we're going to go over his dad quite a bit throughout this episode. His name is John Allen. And that's where Allen comes from. When they essentially decided, we're going to keep Edgar, they put Allen in his name, so Edgar Allan Poe.
1: That's very nice of him to do. Take the adopted name
2: for the nice family. Yeah. Yeah. Or or is forced upon him? I don't know.
1: Well, I always find that really admirable because I don't <laughs> want children. <laughs> me either. And I'm a selfish piece of shit. Yeah. And then there are people like me without kids who then like take them because somebody needs
0: to. And then I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Thanks. Another weird thing that people do. Uh, I doubt they're listening, but I'll just say a member of my family. Uh, has had a kid and named it the same name as the dad. Oh, people time curses. So, for instance, it could be like Captain Lactate and then Captain Lactate again. Or Captain Lactate Captain... Jr., I think it is. So, Ew, uh, Jesus! We don't Christ. like that on this, yeah. on this podcast. No, we
1: shame that. Yeah. We shame it. What makes you so fucking cool that your kid needs to have the same name? It's confusing. Yeah. Shitballs. And, and come on, be original. Pick something cool. Yeah. Like Wilbur. Yeah, or Paul, uh, Poppycock. Poppycock. <laughs> no one has that name. <laughs> no one's been named it before. And you know what? The kids at school can't make fun of him more than he already feels inside <laughs> because of his name.
3: Yeah.
2: So he's already got that built-in defense. You can't hurt him. He's already hurt himself. <laughs> already no dead. one gets him.
3: <laughs>
2: this is a bunch of poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how about a uh, uh, Y No
0: kids, right? No kids, no. no. Same, same as you guys. Don't want them. If you had one, would you name them after you? I like nephews. I'm a good uncle, yeah. but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want the responsibility of being a dad. Uncles are perfect. Be- I'm too. I'm too. It's too much. Yeah. Once once they start crying, you can just give them back to. Exactly. Yeah. And you get to touch them later at some point. <laughs> Sorry,
2: that joke was way too uh, off colored uh uh-uh, it's fine
0: oh okay yeah. you know you know where you are <laughs> usually you're the one who uh you're you you you're yeah, usually you're... the one who's apologizing to the fans going like sorry dude. usually uh captain lactate makes these jokes <laughs> Jesus,
2: man, he's, uh,
0: i'm not with him i, I oh only boy. have a podcast with him See, oh boy you've read you've read a little bit of edgar Allan poe and now it's uh it's all gone tits up for you
2: <laughs> i just don't care anymore he's, nothing uh, matters ruined your brain <laughs>
1: I don't even like my rich new
2: parents. So, yeah, to go on with his parents, well, from now on, I'm just going to call his parents, not his foster parents, because that's basically what they are. John, his father, and his mother, Francis. it's going to come up a bit between these ones. They they take care of him really well. They even kind of dote on him because they are wealthy, and, and I, I believe he's kind of spoiled. Though, John does try to also be strict and be, like, an authoritative figure of, like, you can't be an asshole, but that doesn't turn out. Well, yeah. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, like, he comes an asshole. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm sorry. I said he was adopted in like when he was six years old. It was actually he was two years old, so he didn't even remember his original parents. But in 1815, ah. when he is six years old, his parents decide to move to Scotland. They were in the U.S. Hmm. And then they just take off to Scotland. He does some education there. Then he moves over to London a year later. Continues more of his education. I and, I don't know why I was thought I thought he was English. No, yeah. no so, he's,
0: he's got the vibe. He does, right? Gloomy. <laughs> he's got, very got that st- melancholy vibe. Very cloudy. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's that a fucking bad. downer. I, I, excuse me, are you are you British? Oh, yeah, he yeah, turns yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. okay. no, it's <laughs> coming together.
2: Yeah. He spent, spent some of his childhood there, so yeah. He spent some time in Scotland, I can see. Yeah, you okay. can tell. You're a huge bummer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but after London, they end up moving back. I mean, he only spends a few years out there. Uh, some four years, so he's about 11 years old, Mm. five years. He comes back to Richmond, Virginia, is where they end up staying. Edgar continues his education there. As a young teenager, he was actually considered to be quite athletic, believe it or not. You look at his pictures of him as older, and he's got a big head that you wonder how he holds up. (laughs) He can't run around, right? And he looks like a little bit sickly. Nah, this guy was super athletic.
0: You, you don't get thighs like this when you're running from the darkness. <laughs> you gotta run fast to be able to get out of depression. Always <laughs>
2: chasing. You
0: don't get glutes like this when chasing the dragon. Maybe that's can't, a spoiler for later, I don't know.
2: Can't uh, that's a good point. We'll actually be diving into a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I'm look, I am currently looking at pictures of him, and you are correct. This is not an athletic-looking gentleman. He's
2: got a, he's got a big head. He's got quite a wide head.
1: it has got a big, weird...
2: Especially near the top. Looks like it's top-heavy.
1: Yeah, his hair looks like a toupee that's very cheaply made.
2: That fits, though, still, of, like, no one gets me. Yeah, no one gets me. Look at that weirdo. Stuff. No one understands. But he was athletic when he was a teenager. He even did this crazy swimming thing where he swam up the James River, which is very difficult for anybody to do, let alone a teenager. I don't know, maybe teenagers are... That was my prime for my athleticness, so <laughs> yeah. I just uh, I let it all go after that.
1: I was an incredibly weakling little creature. So yeah, I, me too. I was the opposite. I I think I'm in better shape than I've ever been, and I'm mostly just fat.
2: Maybe I was just always been weak then. Hmm. <laughs> I, I never was. I look back at the good days, and they weren't any better. Oh. <laughs> the good old days weren't that good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, this episode's bumming me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to run away from this. <laughs>
0: but look, this. Looking back, and you've got like a, a letter from your parents getting out of PE, and you're like, oh, those are my glory days. <laughs> those, are my, those are me at my peak. <sighs> that was the best time. Oh, <laughs>
1: not running around. The best times were telling the coach, can't today hurt my ankle. Yeah. Can't.
2: I've got IBS. <laughs> I can't.
1: I, <laughs> and depression. I have depression, <laughs> clinical depression,
2: <laughs> and uh, stomach ache. My head hurts uh i'm not really good looking i'm lactose intolerant my buddy's in a milk war so you put it I together i have a lot going on i can't play basketball today just leave me alone right, i'm going to write my thoughts down that's what i'm going to do <laughs> it was a dreary day the basketball court was shiny and annoying the coach kept calling me words pussy
1: you're a pussy coach daniels
2: but yeah, he he ran, he swam up this river, which apparently is like more than twice the distance of what Ironman marathon uh contenders or contestants like currently. Yeah. So he's a it's a pretty high level swimming guy. Yeah, he swam it up. So he's he's that. He's athletic. half
1: dolphin like Michael Phelps. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He's weird looking too.
2: What is that?
3: Hmm.
1: Michael Phelps is a weird looking kid.
2: Small ears. That's all i want to say. Big head. Man, we are very judgy of people. We're like, he's got a big head, that guy's got small ears. It's uh, kind of all of our episodes, I'll too. i judge it's...
1: myself first, so it's okay.
2: It's cool. It's okay. My tricky dick's got a weird <laughs> nose. Like, <every laughs> he episode, did have a weird fucking nose, <laughs> I'm, though. I'm judgy. Fuck. Did we just realize that we're bad people? I think so. Jeez. I look funny, too. I look in the mirror, and I'm like, yeah, look at all that big ears. And I think this is so like episode right. 97
1: of this show, and I think we just realized. We are assholes. <sighs>
2: I got a lot to digest here. It's all coming out here because of this episode.
0: Just... Where's your fans are going, we realized that on episode one. <laughs> right. It's starting to feel Yeah, you're theory. like, you guys didn't know this? Huh? I mean, on your episode... <laughs> I'm why like... we dabble. I certainly hope
1: that's the case.
2: Well, during this time frame, while he's being an athletic teenager, he actually writes his very first... Poetic sentence. His Ooh. first poem, and it is poem. It's about one sentence long, and it's is it a haiku. I don't think it's haiku. No, it's the, too long for a haiku. It's a nice little limerick. Yeah, what's a limerick. <laughs> How long is a limerick? I once knew a man from Nantucket
1: <laughs> who had a dick so long he could suck it. So it's five lines makes, is it? Yeah. What makes that a said with limerick. a grin and some cum on his chin? It's, uh, was it A
0: B B C C A or something like that?
2: Oh, is that the rhythm or the uh, the, the last word? There's the rhyming couplets, I think. Yeah. I only can do A, B, A, B because that's the easiest one. A, B. (laughs) I can A, B, A, B all day. All day long. All fucking
0: day Throw a C in there? Fuck you. No,
1: I don't do that. I'm not a fucking rapper. They wouldn't Uh, let me in
2: Wu-Tang.
0: I'd say the the easiest ones are A, B, C, D. Oh, yeah. No rhymes, right? Yeah, like Walt Whitman. (laughs) Yeah, Walt Whitman. They're they're the the most deep ones.
2: (laughs) Yeah. See, you you just don't need rhymes i'm saying something important okay. right can't you feel the import of my words yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna find the word that rhymes with apocalypse okay God. i don't know is... jack off a lips. this is just an
0: important <laughs> poem just read it oh no it's an it's an internal memo sorry
2: <laughs> someone's reading it like this is good you're like that's my grocery list <laughs> no. but it's the way you say is this it Ed alan poe it's the way you say peaches
0: no it's sandra from head office <laughs>
2: Well, so with, a, uh, with I mean, you could tell he's already more poetic than, I mean, I'll ever be in my life. This mm. is a sentence he wrote when he was a teenager that said, Last night, with many cares and toils, oppressed, weary, I laid me on a couch to rest. So mm. basically, how I would have said that was, I'm pretty fucking tired and stressed, so I'm going to take a nap. That's yeah. essentially what he says.
0: I'm sleepy. Yeah. I'm, I'm knackered. I'm going to have a kip.
2: Yeah. He has a bit of a way with words. That's nice. I don't feel
1: good. Hopefully that comes <laughs> up for him later. In it some turns capacity, out. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, yeah. Turns out, uh, well, wait, and you'll find out. i You don't know yet. Edge of my seat. You have no idea if he's <laughs> gonna be successful
0: or not as a writer. Uh, wait, so he wrote a poem about being tired. Yeah, and then go and yeah. have a nap. Yeah, write what you know about. I suppose. <laughs>
2: maybe, maybe a little stressed. He seems like his mind's a little toiled.
1: <laughs> I think he realized that dreary and weary. Rhyme, and that's how he feels about everything. So he's like, "I better write
0: that shit down <laughs> like, That's good." Yeah, and I'm gonna take a nap. One here. sexual organ is quite turgid. <laughs> I feel like giving it a tug. <laughs> well, that's this is good. Although he'd be much more poetic about that. Unfortunately, it was my mother's <laughs> mug. <laughs> oh, my dead mom! Felt like releasing releasing the union <laughs> oh, splat inside.
2: Maybe we just let you do the poems and stuff. You're you're quicker than I am for sure. <laughs> well, me too. Well, we're oh. educated in America. This is all bad. Oh, well, yeah.
0: that's what my girlfriend says as well. Yeah. So the good thing about right you, Ryan, is you're very quick.
2: Oh, oh boy. Me too, buddy. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Oh yeah, I was joking too. <laughs> jokes. Me too. I wasn't admitting jokes. to. I was playing more on the joke because if I made it sound like it was real, it makes the joke funnier.
1: Yeah, I did think it was funnier that you don't last long too.
0: <laughs> that's noble yeah
1: yeah it's good know thyself <laughs> you know But it was a joke yeah <laughs> i know know thyself <clears throat> i feel it's like so dreary well <laughs> i always thought know thyself meant get to know your <laughs> genitals but it's actually more of a philosophical thing where you admit that you're
2: bad at sex can it be both huh
0: you're quite a thinker. You mm. should
2: write that down. i want to write that down.
0: <laughs> I know my genitals, and I know their shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, how do I make this sound a little more poetic? Hmm. Make it rhyme. Well, in 1826, he's now about 17 years old, Edgar continues his education at the University of Virginia College, or as you guys Ooh, would say, uni, right? Going to uni over in Britain?
0: Uni, yeah. yeah so they, oh, I never heard that. That just made me think of Virginia Tech, and then it made me think of the massacre shooting. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I think
3: you—you you t- you
1: America. You could take like two words and put them together, and likely there's been a shooting in America there. Yeah, like yeah. if I just say Springsforth, it's probably a Springsforth, Massachusetts, where a kid shot his cousin yeah. yesterday. Probably <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. you know. It's know thyself. You know what I mean? It's what we do here. We shoot each other. It's what we do.
2: I don't know why. (laughs) I really don't know why. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know, maybe. He bummed us all out. (laughs) I'm going to go kill some kids. So his education doesn't last very long at uni, Mm. unfortunately, because he has a bit of a gambling problem. Oh. And he ended up not only losing all of his funds that his father gave him for his education, but he went... Further into debt than what money he had. Oh, Edgar. And it's a lot. By the way, this reminds you of anybody? Nikola Tesla. He had the exact same scenario.
1: See, as you were saying it, I remember thinking this and I was like, did I have to do this research and forget? Or where am I remembering that a kid was a gambling addict?
2: Nikola went to college and while he was in college, gambled all his money away. Yeah. Got into trouble.
1: Well, we made the joke that he thought he was so smart he could outsmart the system. Right. Sounds like Edgar's just dumb. Yes. Yeah probably just not too bright
0: i think how smart do you have to be to like if you think you're smarter and then try to outsmart the system lose and then carry on it's like maybe i'm not smarter maybe i can't outsmart the system but but then if you're not if you're it's it's like a sort of a double-edged thing isn't it if like if you're not you'll carry on you just keep going but then if you give up then you have to admit that you're dumber than the system it's like yeah
2: so, yeah, I'm not wrong.
0: I just have it. It's a lose-lose situation. You have to lose a bunch oh. before you win. But if you never stop being a gambling
2: addict, you never have to admit anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> just die there at the table. I mean, I remember talking about it with it, with Tesla, and we were like, I think because he was actually really good math mathematically, and he probably knew the odds were against him, but that yeah. yeah, might have been enjoyment. It was something that he couldn't. But it's. It's the human nature of yes,
1: he is smart enough to figure this
2: out. No, he won't because the house wins. Yeah, Tessie. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Well, with Edgar, he went two thousand dollars in debt, which in today's money, by the way, is about fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> a lot. That's
1: a good. Yeah, that's a weird bit of a problem. Ah, uh, he owns some <laughs> sharks that whose fingertips get
0: itchy. Yep, That's so fun. he
2: gets threatened and stuff throughout his life because of this.
1: We're going to break your knees. I know you're sad about it. <laughs> he was
2: sad before. Hey, Dad,
0: can I can I borrow some money? I need to borrow a couple of dollars or, or 50000 or so. Maybe
2: <laughs> just like 50000 And then when he's like, no. He's like, <laughs> no one gets me. Whatever, Dad. <laughs> it's so misunderstood. I'm going to my room and a po- writing a poem about this. <laughs> my dad's a dick and a prick. That rhymes. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm tired yeah because I'm tired (laughs) well I think it's Edgar's father actually is quite wealthy and might have been able to float this and Mm. I kind of think that's why he kept going further than that dad was like my dad's rich he was that guy he's like throwing money away and they're like (laughs) don't worry I'm I'm making dad poor (laughs) yeah (laughs) that'll (laughs) show him I'm gonna just make everyone sad around me (laughs) everyone's gonna feel how I feel I'll make you feel my pain Uh, his dad did not want to pay that and said nope he's like weird I'm not gonna pay the 2000 slash today's money you are not even, even my dollars. real kid. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus. How did you accumulate this? You threw away all of your own school money I gave you, and then you just kept going. Tisk, no, disc You got to figure out yourself. So he couldn't go to school anymore because he didn't have any. He had to come back home. Wow. that's yeah. Now that would make you incredibly bummed out. <laughs> and I was going to say, Edgar is angry to the point where this causes a, a pretty good rift in the relationship between him and his father. Because he wouldn't pay off his gambling debts? Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. But oh, I'm yes. going smack you in the face, Ed. It's a big face to hit. You'll be able to... Won't I, won't be, I won't miss. I won't
1: miss. He also looks like my
0: hand would be greasy afterwards. <laughs> so can't. I actually might not. <laughs> Ew. Actually, this sucks. Maybe that's the gambling he did. It was like, hit me in the head, see if you can knock me over. But he's so like, top heavy that he sort of like, can't do it. bounces back up. Just or... kept losing. Can't do it. <laughs> Like, oh, no. Ah. So he's
2: telling him to look up, and then the weight of his head just ah. drags him backwards. <laughs>
0: All right, so that'll be 50 grand. I'm not going to look up. I'm a goth. I always look down. I'm not going to fall for that. I'm <laughs> just look at the, the darkness beneath
2: the earth. <laughs> my soul is dark, like, it's like shadows and shadows and like, You know the color black? Darker than that. You can't even imagine it. You can't see the darkness. That is my heart. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> I like that. This is the way this is going. We've, this feels very right. I'm gonna wear liner or eyeliner. Cause don't get me wrong. And hang out with goth chicks. Edgar's writing is brilliant, and we'll get into some of that. But this is, I would feel pretty accurate that he's a little bit, he's a little bit of a brat. Well, yeah. yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna find out more. So while at home, Edgar fancied a girl named Elmira Royster. She was kind of like a childhood friend of his, and a little, he had a little bit of a crush on her. Mm. And then he moved away, you know, to Scotland and England, and then came back. Well, they kind of run into each other again when he's a teenager, and they start dating, and he starts to get serious, and he proposes, so that way they're engaged, but her family hated Edgar. Um, They're like, "Uh uh-uh, don't marry that goofy-looking, like bummed-out kid. Go marry someone who's go marry this nice businessman over here sure. that we know. With the money, he's rich, charming. He's he's not gambling his money away. He's finished school. People aren't
1: smacking him in the face. Doesn't look like a
0: bass guitarist? <laughs> Edgar
1: can't compete with that. No. And
2: he's gonna cut himself about it later. He's gonna do write her a letter and be like, "That's <laughs> that's depressing. Like date me because I'm please. I'm sad.
0: Why? I've written you a letter in my forehead. Just scraped <laughs> <streaked> it in." <laughs>
2: That's too long, I don't want to read that Can you make something shorter? (laughs) Marry me! No, she says no (sighs) She ends up taking her parents' advice Breaks up with him, calls off the engagement And goes and marries some rich, nice businessman Yeah, Devin (laughs) Devin
0: the bass player Brentley (laughs) Brentley. That is a shame, I I would like to see a goth wedding though. That would be quite cool Actually that would be, and it would be quite different Yeah, skulls and shit everywhere I could be into that you do You rarely get any human sacrifices in weddings nowadays. I think there's not often enough. It's a bit boring like that. Yeah, not often enough. Sacrifice the mother-in-law. Right? Sorry to any goths who are listening. There you go. Yeah, goths are cool. Yeah. I was a goth kid in high school. I know what it's like. I was sort of a little goth-ish. You guys were both goth. Teenager as well. There you go. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't quite. I was. I was at the time in like the early noughties. There was a thing called a grungeer, who was sort of like a skateboarding goth yeah specialized goth you got a, a lot, lot of n- not accepted by the goths and not accepted by the uh <laughs> nobody sinners. understands me not even the goths or the
2: <laughs> skaters i'm gonna have to hang out with the D kids so edgar is depressed because his dad won't pay his debts oh the god fuck. and his girlfriend Frick. his his fiancee was like i don't want to be with you i want to go be with someone who isn't is ha- traditionally handsome? And makes
0: money oh. and finished college <laughs> and is successful and confident. I want to I want be with someone who actually gets out of bed. Okay, yeah. Oh, what a bitch! Do you believe that? <laughs> Unbelievable. She didn't want the incel, even though he said please. <laughs> someone who gets out of bed and just doesn't watch Everybody Loves Raymond in bed all day.
2: <laughs> oh no, I do that. <laughs> sometimes. Well you snag the wife so you're good. Yeah. Yeah you're good. And it's hard for her to leave now. Divorces I mean you gotta sell the house and you everything. You get government involved in a divorce oh, God. so Who yeah. wants that? So now she has to watch Everybody Loves Raymond with me. <laughs> well, Fate's worse than death. <laughs> <laughs> well in 1827 uh, Edgar's now 18 years old. Angry as father obviously. Dumped recently. He's needing money and he's having a hard time finding a job, so he decides to enlist in the army. That's right. Did you know Edgar Allan Poe was in the military? Captain
0: Poe. Oh, I didn't know that before this research. No. He was in the military. Doesn't seem like the army type. I thought he would have been with the police at least. Captain uh-huh. Popo. That's see <laughs> wasted. He could have done that. So wasted opportunity. So wasted.
2: Well, he doesn't enlist as Edgar Allan Poe for some reason. He enlists as Edgar A. Perry. I. Like, don't know why what is that it's just like a pseudonym that he decided to use and i didn't know you could do that when it comes to the government but it's also like the early 1800s who's fucking checking that shit yeah that's true eh, too
1: who gives a fuck they don't have his, his long form birth certificate
2: yeah yeah and his parents are dead and they got bummed down we're like well, let's not look any further into this yeah we didn't even want to know about this <laughs> piece of shit
1: the more i learn the less i want to know
2: <laughs> he's got a gambling problem it says right here like fuck this huh? okay he's he's edgar perry sure great just go, just go die in a war for us. Shut up.
1: <laughs> go die in a war.
2: Edgar actually did quite well in the military. He well. actually goes through multiple promotions in a pretty short period of time, making it to a sergeant major in about two years. Wow! Is it
0: because like all the. Uh... The people training him, they go, you're nothing but a maggot. And he's like, yeah, I know. No, I know. And they're like, this guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> they have to break you down. That's actually more than I am. I wouldn't consider myself a maggot. That's, that's <laughs> like maggots more. are actually useful. I did, and I inspire to be a maggot. <laughs> they're
2: like, all right, we good, good job. You're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, thank you. Don't give me too much credit, though. Like, <laughs> so I didn't really do anything. <laughs> I'm a middle child. So. <laughs> You understand, right? Yeah, yeah. You
1: can spit on me. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I'm nobody's favorite. Yeah, I'll, I'll clean the I'll clean the latrine. That's where <laughs> I belong. I with all the other shit and garbage. <laughs> that's
0: why they call me Ed Ed Pooh. Poo. <laughs>
2: Woo! I like that's good. I like a good poo joke. Uh, we too. needed a pun alarm. I love it though. <laughs> I don't. Even, my brain doesn't <laughs> even think of it.
1: No, I'm not programmed for it.
2: Well, while in the army, Edgar had time to write some of his first romantic poetry and a small book that he called Tamerlane and Other Poems, which sounds such like a silly... Here's a here's a name of a poem or a story and also some other and stuff. And some other shit. Some other things I wrote down. It's about 40 pages for the whole thing,
0: so... Yeah. It's, it's like... Three of them are just like three pages of Sudokus.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here's a fun puzzle.
0: <laughs> There's a word finder I didn't finish.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it does sound like... So, in his mind, Tamerlane is the hit. Yeah. That's the banger. And then he's like, the others are B-sides. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> some stuff that... It's still good. It's just, you know... No, but check out Tamerlane, man. It fucking bumps
2: in the whip. It'll, it'll be crazy good. <laughs> well, he also wrote it for some reason under a pseudonym of a Bostonian. I don't know why he decided to do that. That's like a... Uh, someone from Boston. Yeah. That's about it. A Bosto. But he did it with his own money and... Well, at least... Maybe with his own money. He might have had some help from his father, but we'll get more into that. He had this book published by a small printing company, which only made 50 copies, and it wasn't really that well received. Not very many people cared. Uh, I guess only probably a handful of people even read it in the first place. But if you have the original cool. copy, because there are still some around. Of the 50? Of the 50 wow. back in the 1800s, it is actually worth a lot of money. If you, I think the last one they said went to auction was like, $175,000 for a copy. Dope. That's pretty good. And they don't know where all of the copies are. They presume that probably they have a good idea, and the rest are destroyed or lost. They're in a chest in a grandma's attic right now. Yeah. But, uh, all 48 of them. All 48? <laughs> yeah. They have some like museums and stuff, I think. Oh. There's a couple of museums that have a copy of the original.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Because I think yeah, uh, Poe, I think, is the second poet we've done because we did Walt e. Whitman's. And there was the same thing. His first edition sell for like, I don't know, fucking $400,000. People love that old shit. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to have. I don't, I wouldn't have any no. amount of money. I'd be like, oh. I have, I have a book fetish, but I don't I'd want pay.
2: an old book. What the fuck am I going to do with it? Just look at it? And you can read this still. This, this book he has,
0: like it's online. So it's <laughs> yeah. printed out where you <laughs> Imagine can... finding that. Imagine paying like a hundred and, was it, $170,000? Yeah. I got the original copy.
2: Oh, it's online for free. For yeah. fuck's sake! I got the PDF. I printed it off. You
1: <laughs> fucking idiot! They have a Barnes and Noble copy for four dollars too. If you just want to own
2: it, you want to make it look old. You can even probably print it on paper that looks a little bit shabby. So this snooty book dealer feels really
1: cool, and we just took him down a notch. Did you hear that, guys? Nah-ha. We showed
2: him. He probably has millions of dollars if he's uh, buying a book for... Yep. But fuck him. Yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah.
0: asshole. Unless he's spend... for like family savings. Just that was the only... On a book.
2: That's all he had. He didn't have a all the money. He's not a, a millionaire. All
1: I've ever wanted is the original of Tamerlane and other poems. And you know what?
2: Now I have some more respect for him. And my wife That's... left me
1: because I couldn't stop thinking about it on eBay. <laughs> and I
2: did it. <laughs> and now I have it and I'm happy. Until I read this
0: very dreary (laughs) story, (laughs) and now I'm depressed. And then I read it. And And now I'm going to hang myself. Now I'm just melancholy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and with this story, there's an interesting theory that Edgar had a few different poets that he looked up to, Lord Byron being one of them, by the way. Oh, Lord Byron, Lord Byron, he's the father of Ada Lovelace. And I'm so glad you said that, because Edgar's book has a character named Ada, and it is thought to be that this was some sort of inspiration, that he was kind of paying some homage to one of his favorite writers, Cool, naming it after Ada Lovelace, which we have an episode on. Check it out. Ada Lovelace, she was like one of the first, she is definitely the first computer programmer.
1: Essentially. Ed- she wrote like the first, I guess you could call it code, kind of. The 1800s.
2: Yeah, and she's a lady type, too. If she's got the lady, the, the lady parts. If you're confused about that, go listen to the episode, and you'll learn why. You're confused, and about lady parts? I'm sure we talk about lady parts in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but it's such a common occurrence. It's probably accurate that yeah, yeah, probably every single episode. So yeah, well, we definitely do wieners
1: more. Yeah, what is wrong with us?
0: They are more funny looking.
1: They are, I agree. That's true. There's nothing really it's goofy funny about, about pussy. It's just awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been there's been very few vaginas that have made me chuckle.
2: <laughs> a couple. But just about every wiener is like, look at that thing. Yeah, they're all worthy of a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, look at your one. Get out of my house. <laughs> Oh, so you can go check out Ada Lovelace's episode of People Time. It's pretty fun. So Tamerlane, it just depicts the dying conqueror who regrets leaving his childhood sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's a little bit about his own. But he life. left her, and yeah. he's a hero, <laughs> right? And his <laughs> ambitions. He does. He does this a little bit where he, he kind of draws relations between his real life and some of his stories. You'll see that come up. But the book pretty much didn't receive any attention at all. It just fifty copies were made. Someone might have read it. No Who one cares? cares. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Yeah. It's a no name using a fake name. I even went and looked up today to see if anybody cared for this specific one. Nobody still cares. They're like, it's all right. It's not worthwhile. It's like, if you want to see his early stuff, just to know what he was thinking at a young age, because he's, he's like a teenager still here. So he's sad for a valid reason, because he just sucks. <laughs> yeah, he can't write yet. I not know. When Edgar left to join the military, he had actually cut most of his communication with John. However, in 1829, when he's about 20 years old, he is told by his commanding officer that he should reconcile with his dad. Like, go make up with your family. You've told me your stories about yeah, your dad. Go and <laughs> Don't your...
0: hug your dad, and that's an order!
2: And he literally said that. <laughs> it's so funny he said it as an order, because he said that uh, he would actually kick him out of the military if he didn't do it. What the fuck? And I think it was probably just him saying that and being exaggerating, but he wasn't going to actually do it, but... Thoughtful. Edgar might not have him. known that. I don't know. Yeah. So Edgar was like, Yeah, I can see what you're trying to do. Alright, I'll I'll send some letters to my father and we'll try to get this patched up.
1: Hey Dad.
2: <sighs> hey. I'm on a secret mission to love you. It's top <laughs> secret. <laughs> it's an order.
1: It's gonna be kind of tough. To be
2: honest with you, I don't want to do it, but it's literally a government Can official I have order. Fifty
1: thousand dollars.
2: <laughs> if you love your country, you'll love me. <laughs> Are you a patriot or not, Pops? But they do reconcile. He actually ends up going, I think, back home for a little bit on some sort of leave, mm. and they start talking some stuff out. And they're like, "All right, we need to treat each other better." And unfortunately, also kind of around this time, Edgar's mom or foster mom, Francis. She dies of tuberculosis because everybody dies of tuberculosis. Yeah. It's the 1800s. Woo! Yeah, so that kind of also helps pull them together because they're both mourning over. Edgar yeah. was very affectionate towards his foster mother. Like, the, mm. you know, he's mama's boy kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they get a little bit closer over that. It's not going to last super long.
1: Tuberculosis, man. Yeah. What the hell?
2: I think it gets like, I don't know, five or six of his family members.
0: Well, it keeps coming up on the show. We gotta we gotta stop this thing. Have you known anyone who's had TB? Everyone.
2: I don't, but I, apparently it's still around today. I assume but not. a vaccine or Isn't something. Isn't it like a thing like...
0: of like, oh, I've got TB, all right, go, go see the doctor then, and they would just give you a pill, and then you'd cured.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I looked this up, actually, because one of our episodes, it got brought up a bunch, and I think there's no vaccine, but it's not super common today, in at least in first world countries.
1: Yeah, uh... At least, according to the internet, just a, a bunch of antibiotics will take care of it. Really,
2: it's
0: all it takes. Yeah, well, So it. it's
1: just because back then they didn't have them yet, because they
2: hadn't figured that out. Don't ask me questions about stuff. There's the whole to thing about
0: like if you if everyone keeps taking antibiotics, then they're gonna become weaker. So Superbugs. If all the antibiotics become weaker, is TB gonna like have a return? Uh, Maybe.
2: This episode is actually bumming me oh, up I can't now. wait for it to just wipe us all out. Let's just end
1: this. Can we just have like a yeah texas size asteroid? Just take us into the darkness. Clear, oh. Let's clear this thing out. All right, wrap it up, guys.
0: <laughs> wrap it up. I'd love to have a little... <laughs> it was a good run. Love to have a little trailer of like uh you guys posting on Facebook going like, hey, we got Ryan from Knackers in the Breeze on and then just cut forward like, oh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. Should we just kill ourselves now? It's like oh a suicide God. pact right now. I can't handle this. I'm so this. fucking
0: bummed out now. Well, Edgar. Too much.
2: He is making up with his dad, and he ends up finding one of his actual biological cousins, which is kind of cool. He's like, oh, like, you're from the family of my parents who died. You're a Poe. You're a Poe. I don't think her last (laughs) name's really (laughs) Poe. Oh. But basically, yeah, I think it's from his... Actually, I think I wrote it down. Virginia Clem, who... No, yeah, it's on his father's side,
0: so... Go pose, man. Virginia clan. Virginia <laughs> clan. Cool. I was going to say, that sounds uh, quite white hooded. <laughs> right? Virginia Ooh. Clem. Hello there. Hey, we're pretty much brothers. We're from the same clan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Death to the blacks.
2: Yeah. This is the 1800s. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. Well, they become friends and she kind of also helps him to talk through his mom's death as the, he's mourning through it and... And they kind of hang out, bounces back and forth between the military and home, so whatever you can kind of talk to where he does. In 1829, though, when he's about 21 years old, Edgar writes his second volume of poetry called, I don't know how to pronounce this, Al-Araf, oh, Tamerlane and Minor Poems. Ah, it look, uh, yeah, alright. Yeah, so it's... It looks Turkish or some shit. It doesn't, nobody really knows how many copies were made, they guess it was probably under... 500 and only 30 copies, I think, were are known to exist today. Rock. But the poem was inspired by many different things. This is actually kind of cool. So one of the inspirations was from uh, a guy named Tycho. I don't know how to say his last name. Bra. Bra? Is that? It? That's funny. I know Tycho. I know Tycho Bra. bra. What a Bra. Bra. So Tycho Bra, he's the, <laughs> the one who discovered the supernova back in the 1500s. Yeah, he's important somehow. Yeah. So he was an astronomer and a few other things. I think he's also like into astrology and shit, but he was an astronomer, and yeah. I guess Edgar is well-read enough to look into stuff that, even though it was 200 years before, he also looks into like the eh, Quran for he's, inspiration. He looks, he's clever. He looks into everything, and yeah. he's like, this is cool, a supernova. That sounds interesting, and it's in the heavens and stuff, so he writes some of his work based around that. Supernova does sound like like, if
1: you were young and you were a little, trying to find something cool, you're it like, sounds cool. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a death metal band. I want to be a superhero called Supernova.
2: Call me Shit. Nova. That sounds cool.
1: It's actually not bad. That yeah. would be a good child's name. Nova. Nova. Someone write that
2: down. Dabbler. Gosha. Don't name him Sean II. Bored. Nope. Bored. Not John Jr. Yeah, never name anyone John ever again. <laughs> Who the fuck? There's enough of them. Yeah. There's enough. Uh, too I'm many. I'm
1: tired of it. I am worked
2: up. Well, this poem, this uh, book that Edgar wrote, it's not really discussed by scholars even today because they say that it's just too thick with allusions. It's really ambiguous and kind of hard to follow. So it's just like
1: a
0: lot of loose metaphors that he thinks felt important at the time. But he meant with allusions. He'd go into like spells and stuff. And it's like, oh my God, he's gone that gothic. <laughs> he's gone full. He's drawn a star on the floor. Huh? Wait. so He talks like about like like almost other dimensions, and
2: it gets weird. So people are like I don't really follow, huh. especially at that time frame. They're like, "What?" So this is like thinking stuff. Because he's also one of the first people—not the first. I shouldn't say that. In modern science fiction, he was kind of part of the movement.
0: Well, that's neat. Yeah. Jules Verne, et cetera. I like it. Yeah. I like how we've not really given your listeners a chance because, like, one of the first words that he said, "Have you heard of Edgar Allan Poe?" One of us just said, "Goth." <laughs> and ever since then, <laughs> he's just been perceived as this massive god. Hey, he could be a really nice bloke, but this is like everything he does is like, oh, of course you did that, you downer.
2: I also one that's <laughs> we're probably crazy. exaggerating a little bit, but he was—I didn't think of him as a teenager and in his twenties as being so much of a little bitch that he is. Because <laughs> we're gonna get more into that. Him and his dad have the funniest arguments, and when you hear what his side is, he sounds like a spoiled brat. So. Yeah, I mean, that's... And manipulative. Asking your dad for 50 grand because you fucked up, and when he says no,
1: you blame him. Yeah, you get mad. Why not? Yeah. Thanks for adopting me or
0: whatever. How else am I going to go greyhound racing? (laughs) Yeah. It's a house of bullshit. What, you think I could just put $10 on? (laughs) Well, one writer, Arthur
2: Hobson Quinn, noted that it was basically too unintelligible with his latest book, his second book he wrote. But he does go on to say that if you want to see kind of the qualities and the importance of his writing and how it was growing, then you might be able to get something out of it. But other than that, he doesn't really recommend just the average person to go read these first two volumes of so he a, writes. If you're a Poe head. Yeah. You'd get into it. The deep stuff. <laughs> and it does sound very Poey. Like if you go... I, yeah. I went and looked at him up and, and was reading through it. And it does. is very his style. Dreary. Yeah. And just like the <laughs> rhythm of it all. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I do remember because, you know, I think I read uh, The Raven and The Telltale Heart when I was like a kid. Yeah. And I could still see it in my head, kind of. Yeah. So he's a image rich. Yes. Writer. Very,
2: very descriptive.
1: Way to go, Poe. Uh, yeah, I won't shit on you forever. Well, that's the only nice thing I'm going to say. He does end up writing <laughs> a lot of awesome Just shit. most of your life. Just so yeah. everything else you ever did.
0: At least your early life. Ugh. I'll turn around to just piss on you. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about?
2: <laughs> Not <None laughs> that. Keep going. Piss play. <laughs> piss. Yeah, but one one critic did say that going over it is that it's kind of a disillusionment with the world and escape, and it seems like this kind of reflects his own life. Maybe he felt he was unwanted, huh. and very gothicy, very emo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It might have been his escape, and that seems to kind of pour out in there, because maybe that was the point, was that you weren't really supposed to get it, because nobody gets me. And so it's oh, this God. imaginary, dream-like kind of sounding short story poem book. Escapism for the sad. Yeah. So, I guess
1: you can go read it yourself and decide for yourself. So, you it's just a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His movies are always, he's got a very, very distinct style, Yeah. Yeah. We're in another world, and everything's a little creepy and sad.
3: He's
0: definitely Jack the Pumpkin
1: King. <laughs> without, uh, without a Sally, though,
0: because nobody likes his, his fucking face.
2: A bigger head than a pumpkin. <laughs> even <laughs> though
0: Jack the Pumpkin King doesn't have a... Doesn't head. even have the dog. What's the dog's name? Uh, zero. But, oh, there we go. That's Zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan.
2: I'm a Danny Elfman head, so... Uh, there's a lot of different critics, and I can go over them. Uh, you basically, get the whole idea. One of the ones I thought was funny was just that it was in- exquisite nonsense. It's like, <laughs> it sounds really pretty and nice, but it's fucking nothing. That sounds really
0: British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, my friend, is exquisite nonsense. <laughs> It does sound British.
2: Weird. <laughs> moving on, Edgar seemed to enjoy being in the military, actually, and wanted to continue moving up on the ranks, and he was looking to actually get promoted to lieutenant. He enters into what's called West Point Military Academy in 1830. He's now about 22 years old, to give you some context of his age. In what year? This is in 1830. Oh, wow. I think uh, Robert E. Lee is there with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. He <laughs> yeah. might be right. The timing timing. strange and- friend to have. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to keep that friend. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's what Robert E. Lee's thinking about him. He's like, I don't know if I want to be around this guy. <laughs> that guy's weird. And even Poe is like, that guy's a fucking racist. Yeah, so I can imagine that'd be a hilarious scenario of Ed Graham Poe and Robert E. Lee. Sitting at the same cafeteria table. Like, one's bumming the other one Whoa. out, the other one's saying racist shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not racist. I,
1: I just think that the blacks should just be quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not a racist. Poe is like, no, this I'm not racist, but... (laughs) But, it's always... Yeah, but, (laughs) right. Well, you're making me very sad. I'm going to write a poem about this. I'm going to escape (laughs) to... To a land of fantasy.
2: Well, Edgar, it doesn't actually last long with him at the Academy as far as him wanting to continue being promoted. Because he ends up getting into a lot of trouble. And it's all due to his relationship with him and his father, John. Hmm. And it, this is where it gets pretty funny. Daddy problems. Edgar gets, and he purposely commits, 110 offenses and gets 106 demerits in less than a year. What about to the other four? Just like... It, military offenses yeah oh like he gets court-martialed and stuff eventually but you might be like why did he all of a sudden do this we were just talking about how he wanted to become a lieutenant Yeah, he enjoyed the military yeah so it all boils down to him and john start having this ongoing argument through letters and i'm going to read some of the stuff uh, at least synopsis them but yeah th- this is hilarious this is where you get a really good idea of edgar as a 22 year old and we we have a really good record of their letters yeah somebody kept kept that shit yeah there's tons of them and i read through a lot and Hmm. it's hilarious i would recommend going and checking them out
0: imagine like the equivalent of people time in like a hundred years and they were like we're looking through their texts (laughs) yeah is what they said that's weird the amount of like pooping the amount of people you'd be able to like get shit on (laughs) pooping right now what are you up to
1: It'll be like, you know, when we look...
0: Here's a selfie.
1: You know, when they look back at, like, John Adams and his wife's love letters, and
0: they're going to look back at the future present, and it'll just be dick pics. And yeah. And emojis of
1: eggplants. Yeah.
0: Like, oh. That's what's missing from history, really, is the poo selfies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm On the pot, check it out. The amount I send to my friends, to sometimes to my girlfriend. <laughs> Does she like she them? She doesn't appreciate them as much as I hoped. Oh. But probably just need to
2: send her more. That's probably the problem. Right? Yeah, you're not sending enough. Yeah. And that's why she's disappointed.
0: Daily poop pick. But when, when I go through a period of not sending her any, she's like, "Oh, you haven't sent me in a while." And she's concerned about your so health. They're not they're not unappreciated. And there we go. See, there's, there's yeah. definitely how, how how regular are you, Ryan? <laughs> I'm actually concerned now about your bowel movements. You okay? Today. Feeling no. alright today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what color is it today? <laughs> Slightly yellow. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh boy.
2: Yeah, gotta go get that checked. Go see a butt doctor. A butt doctor. Sorry. Is there a name for that guy? Guy? In...
1: Uh, usually they want you to call him Daddy. Guys.
2: But you can call him whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go call my butt doctor, Daddy, next time I see him. <laughs> hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. I'm... Oh, proctologist, isn't it? I'm ready to bend over. I think you're right, proctologist.
1: I'm ready to bend over, Daddy.
2: <laughs> Put a finger in me, Daddy. <laughs> make do two now. <laughs> If I'm going to have to be uncomfortable, so are you. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And you're cured. (laughs) That's all it took. So John is not necessarily completely innocent in these letters. However, I kind of side with him over Edgar because I think John's just kind of, he gives Edgar money. We're going to find that out. He constantly is giving him money, but he also seems reserved because Edgar's constantly asking for it. Just every letter is him being like, dear Papa, I need uh, some money. Can you give me some money? You didn't give me enough money last time. What a brat. One letter is Edgar telling his father about his poems and how he's getting excited about writing and that might be something he wants to go and try out and venture into. Mm. And so they do have some letters that are nice, but it's like every other letter is at least going back and forth between like, hey, everything's great. I'm happy. Check out these poems I wrote. And the next letter is like, you're a rude dad. You don't give me enough money. I'm practically starving here. Even though he's got a job in the military, like he's making Maybe his own he's money. Maybe he's
0: just manic depressive. Maybe, yeah. I know. By po la,
2: <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you clump with these? I can't even. Where po tato oh, Nice. Da, did I do it? <laughs> yeah. Did I do a pun? I mean, it's funny. Maybe not for the reasons that you thought. But...
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, po potato salad, guys.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm part of the team. I'm helping out. Yeah.
2: That's very prolific of you. (laughs) Prolific. We're going to hurt ourselves trying. Uh, My head hurts. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't figure that out. Okay, so, anyways, they also go back and forth about his gambling issues. That gets brought up, and Edgar's just constantly being like, I'm really sorry, Dad, that I made these mistakes, but I'm on a new path. But also, please send me some money because I need money right now.
0: I'm on a new path. I've got something. I've got the system now.
2: Now send me dough. And it's always this thing he tries to like leverage against his dad where he's like, you can tell his dad's upset and doesn't want to respond to a letter for a little while, but he does eventually. And Edgar, the whole time, is writing a letter being like... I haven't heard back from you yet, and I know that you're a good man and that you're honorable, so you will not let your son suffer this way. So please send money. And it's just a lot of back and forth with that. It keeps going worse and worse. He's like, well, I'm entering my work for writing into this news column. Please send me money for me to do that. And then he clearly got the money. And sends back another letter and be like, by the way, it's actually $75, not $50. So can you send another $25? And then on top of that, I need another $25. And then also I need some clothes and I'm hungry. So can you just send like $300, please? Just send some money, please. Also, like, there's this new um, full leather body
1: suit that I need to be buying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> For reasons.
2: It's military
0: stuff, Dad. You, it's don't, mi- you don't get it. It's actually top secret. So I need
2: $200,000.
1: I,
0: I need the... Uh, the ass clear as well. <laughs> it's, it's all leather apart from the ass. <laughs> so it's actually a little cheaper than regular clothes, dad, if you think about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a deal. So these letters go back and forth for a while and they get into a spat because Edgar wants more money to publish poetry and his father eventually kind of just leaves him hanging for that. He's still getting money for other shit, well, which the, does he not make a salary in the military? Right. He Come has on. money coming in. He does. Come on, Ed, you're better than this. But that's kind of what his dad does. John likes to just, I mean, I say likes, he probably gets annoyed and then is just, I, I'm not going to respond to his letter. And then Edgar writes four more letters to him <laughs> over the next couple weeks. It's where somebody stops texting you. Yeah. They're like, nah, I've heard enough. He's just going to give you the cold shoulder, ghost you. What's he, what's he asking for all this money for then? It seems to be he asks for money for everything. I don't know what he's doing with his own money that he's making from the military, but I do know that he's constantly asking him for money for food for clothes, for poetry and writing things, and he wants to get his career started. So, Dad, turns out military doesn't feed you. Don't know what that's about. Weird,
1: right? It's so weird. <laughs> I was as shocked as you are I'm now. working my
2: ass off, and I'm not getting shit. So, can you send me some, uh, need you know, some, need some dough. green, yeah. Something's off. They get to the point where they're not talking to each other very much. At least John's not responding to Edgar. Edgar keeps on sending letters, but he's not getting any response. And then Edgar learns that John has remarried, and this makes Edgar even more angry. Yeah, and he doesn't like that he, his dad remarried because he had so much affection for Francis, his foster mother. Yeah. He thinks that's wrong. But also, John's new wife doesn't like Edgar, and. From what it seems it's probably been telling John this whole time, like quit giving your son money. A weird, Constantly.
1: Weird little creep too. Like
2: I get it, you have money, but you're you're only breaking him. He keeps on asking for it and you keep giving in. So that seems to be another reason why John maybe stopped responding. Uh, the stepmom. And Edgar writes letters, being like, "Well, if you don't love
0: me anymore, fine." So far, she's my favorite character in this. <laughs> right. she seems the most screwed on, right? Like, <laughs> stop fucking giving endless money to your gambling addict son. He's an adult, who yeah. Who doesn't even appreciate you? He's just just keeps you using know. you, man. I just just asking for money for food. Guilt trip. Bet the military feeds him quite well, but he wants fucking lobster platter every night. Yeah, I deserve it
1: because I'm sad
0: and I'm hungry
1: and I'm hungry <laughs> for lobster. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's unless what...
0: he's only like, I only eat ravens <laughs> 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 because I'm the king of the goths.
2: Yeah, they seem like they'd be a bit gamey. I do like learning that he's just kind of a piece of shit, though. Yeah, it, definitely in his 20s. I think he kind of grows up a bit afterwards. So his dad was actually really wealthy. I haven't gone into it yet because it comes up later. His dad actually gets an inheritance later, and it's like $500 million, today's money. But so I mean, maybe that's why he gave him money. He's like, I got it. Yeah, you know. And I think that's why Edgar constantly asks for it, because he's like, you've got it. I know you've got it. I'm your son. I'm your darling boy. It reminds me of Winston Churchill a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was a little bit of a brat early on. Dear mama, please do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do. Come rescue your little boy. I'm so forlorn, mother. That is what caused Edgar to want to get kicked out of the military. He was pissed at his dad. They were fighting. He wouldn't give him money. He remarried. He didn't like the new wife who was telling John not to give Edgar money. So he's like, fine, if you're not going to pay for me to become a writer, then just be a failure. I'm going to get kicked out of the military, and then I will (laughs) start my writing career. And he does. That's where he gets all those merits and all the disciplinary Mm. shit that he was purposely trying to get involved in.
1: I kind of like that version of Poe. You know, like the
2: sergeant's yelling at him. He's like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Well, he, he does. He gets dismissed eventually from the military, saying due to like heavy neglect, like he just wouldn't show up to his post. Enough for them to court martial him and kick him out. Wow. Yeah. Edgar, right before he gets fully discharged, he actually walks around to his other fellow military men and asks for donations to get started with his career because he's not going to use his own salary and he's not getting money from old daddy. So he asks <laughs> his friends. He's walking around with like a hat, like. Hey, donations for my writing career? Yeah.
1: Anybody interested?
2: Surprisingly, he gets enough to be able to write his next book of poems. All right. Yeah, and which was titled simply Poems. Poems. That's it. That was the it was the title of his book. <laughs> little, of course it was. A little less creative.
0: So I, I need a shitload of money, and everyone gives him money. I'm just like, this is just a book called Poems. Oh, these are words. Quickly wrote anything just to get any sort of money. Yeah. He also successfully pisses off his dad, by the way, when he gets discharged.
2: His dad is angry at him, so he got that too he got he got everything
1: oh he got everything he
2: ever wanted yeah. free money angry dad so john and his wife his new wife actually had their own child so he has now a biological son mm. and it's pretty much presumed at this point that they're more paying attention to him and don't care about edgar anymore uh, fuck edgar
1: i have to compete with a child yeah with an infant
0: it's almost as if newborns need a lot of attention
1: i've heard that i don't, I don't know
0: why I don't know what they're always fucking crying about.
2: Oh, I shit my pants.
0: Probably want more money for gambling. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Edgar, like, he he does keep writing John, but John just doesn't write back. He just, fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah.
1: You're not my kid.
2: <laughs> if you read the letters that Edgar's trying to send him, he's trying to pull at his heartstrings. He's trying to do all these different kinds of manipulation tactics. None of it's working, though. One month later, Edgar writes another letter. He writes a letter to John stating that he's in the greatest distress and has no one else to turn to. He needs help because he was arrested for a debt that he didn't expect that he would have to pay, which already sounds hilarious. Like, well, I didn't know I was going to have to pay it. I was just going to ignore that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he's, like, basically crying out to John. Be like, please help me. I'm in mortal danger. There's people that
0: want to harm me. They're going to shiv him. If you don't care at all, I don't know what's going to happen next.
2: <laughs>
1: debtor's
0: jail. Yeah. Imagine how bad it would be, like, nowadays, if you, like, text someone saying, oh, I'm in trouble or whatever. And then they don't text back. It's like, oh, shit, they don't like me or whatever. Imagine writing a letter my, writing a load of letters and then having to, like, send them across the country, especially across the United States where it probably takes, like, days to get delivered yep. and then not receiving anything. Yeah. Sometimes I was, I'm devastated if one of my mates don't text back, like, within the hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, oh, they must hate me. They must hate me. <laughs> fuck's sake. Imagine, like, going a month or two months without without yeah. getting oh. a reply from your dad. Because every day
1: he would be like, it's in the mail, it's coming, it's, it's, com- probably, it's yeah. probably, he probably wrote me back with a check.
2: Well, John, as far as I could see, never writes him back. But luckily from here, Edgar's writing career actually starts to get some traction, finally. He writes a short story called Message Found in a Bottle, which won a $50 prize in a magazine in 1833. Ooh! Edgar's now about 24 years old.
1: Message in a Bottle.
0: Cue the Sting song. How's that go?
2: Message in a
0: bottle. <laughs> oh, it's the yeah. police, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Or the police.
2: Oh! Shit. <laughs> How did I miss that one? That was an easy that one. That was right there. Uh, <laughs> so, it gets attention. He's kind of getting a little bit of uh, notori- not- notary- not- He's People know him. Ah. A little
0: bit. <laughs> a little bit. Notoritary. <laughs> sure. Notorious P-O-E.
2: Oh! Yeah, it does get him some attention, and they, the judges even said that pretty much all that were sent in were really great, but it was unanimously picked that Edgar's poem was the best. Hey, that's fu- What is it about? It's about a message in a bottle. I read a little bit about it, just kind of a synopsis, and it's essentially about a man who's on a ship. It's an unknown named man, just like a narrator, who's gone on an adventures, taken a lot of damage and stuff, and he throws a bottle out to talk about that because I guess his ship's going down. And it's, so. This is a metaphor for Poe.
1: My father abandoned me in the ocean of dread, and I write the letter to no response. I die alone on these waves.
2: But yeah, it gets published in other magazines. He's starting to get a little bit more attention. A year later, in 1834, he's about 25 years old, John became gravely ill. And when Edgar finds out that his father's ill... He wants to try one more time to reunite. He hasn't really spoken to his father now in a few years. Mm. John stopped responding to him, but he's like, my my dad's sick. I'm going to go visit him. By the way, at this point, John has received an inheritance that is about about $17 million in today's money. His uncle dope was super rich, died. John's uncle, I should say, was super rich and died and left the inheritance to John. And it was like $750,000, their time money. So it's, it's a huge chunk of money. Hey, man. He's... Wake
1: up,
0: seventeen million dollars richer. Yeah. Although the pound, the pound is failing quite largely, so that'll be about three dollars. Do you guys,
1: (laughs) do you guys not fuck with the euro? How does that? I don't remember how that ended up working out.
2: And they stayed with the pound. Yeah, we
1: stay pound. Oh.
2: That was the whole like. That was one kind. Was that part of all Brexit shit? Part of it? I don't remember. At least during the same time frame.
0: Yeah. No. In my opinion, that's an embarrassing uh, moment in our history, (laughs) and it's still going on, even though it's already happened. We, we've got you trumped.
3: Oh! Whoa!
0: Oh.
2: Nice, oh. nice job. The winner of the
0: puns. Ah.
2: <laughs> well, so he goes to go visit his his ill father, who's he's terminally ill. By the way, it's probably tuberculosis. <laughs> so let's guess it's a respiratory <laughs> issue, and so probably is. Yeah, and when Edgar goes to show up, uh, John's new wife is not wanting to let him in, what so he has fuck to. What do you want? Non kid. Shove his way past her and goes into the bedroom and, Papa, I've heard you're sick. So, <laughs> I get a movie.
1: Can I have some money? <laughs> <laughs> Runs to his
2: bedside. Like, Father, Father, please. Can I have a check? <laughs> <laughs> well, as he approaches his father, who's clearly dying, it is stated that John had a businessman who was there in the room. And this is from his perspective that John mustered up all of the energy he had because he was very weak. He stood up, looked at his son, grabbed a cane, and threatened Edgar and said, do not come near me. If you get any closer, I will hit you. And that's how that went. Uh, yeah, Edgar ends up leaving. They never see each other again. Edgar's dad dies a little Fuck. shortly afterwards. That's, uh, and that money did not find its way to Poe at all. He was not in the will at all. <laughs> it all went to John's biological new son, the new one. God. So now you're the middle child and there's a, a new baby. Who's $17 million
1: richer than you. Yeah. All you have is a father that wanted to beat you with his cane on The his last death time you saw him
2: <laughs> <laughs> on his deathbed. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you can see why he's maybe a bit depressed. I mean, some of it's kind of on him too, but yeah. I mean,
1: I don't think there's really any justification for threatening your child on your deathbed. But also, I think Poe is that much of a pain in the ass. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Apparently,
2: John thought Who so. Fucking knows.
0: Surely, there's got to be some letters that go, "Hey, baby brother, <laughs> what's? Uh, have you got uh, a? Can, can you send? Have 50? you got fifty grand?" <laughs> yeah. I'm your brother.
2: Uh, we uh, we haven't talked much. We have not met. Yeah. Uh, but I'm super... Let's go
0: cl- to Vegas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Edgar's writing at this point is able to somewhat sustain him financially. Not super great. He's not making a, like a... He's barely making ends meet kind of a thing, right? Yeah, I think that's always been the case for writers. Yeah. So he gets into trouble with a couple of different editors. He's got a bit of a drinking problem. Now, this is going to come up because there is an idea that he has a drinking problem, and then there is a counterpoint that he doesn't have one. So you mean the problem is is that he's out of drinks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty
3: good.
0: But yes, sorry. (laughs) sorry. As as someone who had to pause the podcast to get the second bottle of wine (laughs) that he's just done to himself, (laughs) I uh, refuse to comment on this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the idea is that Edgar
2: has a drinking problem, and it's gone all throughout history that he has had a drinking problem. However, there is a counterpoint that someone there's a theory that states he actually didn't have a drinking problem. He probably had a condition that made it so he was very easily get drunk. Like, I can't remember what it is. It's like, something like diabetes, but not. But it's like where he doesn't eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's hungry and his dad wouldn't send him money for food. So he refuses to eat on principle. (laughs) So that's the whole idea is that it, it might actually have been rumors spread against him and then it was continued spread throughout history, but really he might have not drank a whole lot, but when he did drink He'd get like blackout drunk or really drunk.
1: Yeah, I've heard there's some condition like that that like a beer can get certain people.
2: That's kind of the one. Pretty that's, wasted. Yeah, supposed to be what he had. Well, with Edgar, whether he might have had a drinking problem or not, in this story here, where he's at in 1835, he's 25, 26 years old. He does get drunk at work. Woo-hoo! So he was starting to get his his writing going. Right, I was telling you he's barely making ends meet, but he he ends up getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> because he's so, like, he keeps showing up to work drunk. <laughs> oh, that's bullshit. Yeah.
1: Come on, what's the, what does he do? for? Was
0: he still in the military at this point? Or...
2: No, no, so he actually gets a job, like, at a newspaper column. It's actually called the Southern Literary Messenger, and what it is is he's both writing and editing. He's editing other people's work to okay. help them out. They pay him for that.
0: Surely all journalists are pissed at that point. All, drunk that all point. writers are alcoholics. That's like
2: a, yeah. you know.
0: Well, now. It's you the, have to. It's the yeah. Hemingway disease. Yeah.
2: So leave the guy alone. Yeah, let him him (laughs) be drunk.
1: Let him be. Let him be ridiculously drunk at work. Just in the
2: corner, Becky, you bitch. (laughs) Come here. Come have sex with me. (laughs) Come on, I know you want to. Uh, Come on.
1: All right, whole office sing along. Let's go. (laughs) One, two, two.
2: Becky, fuck me. (laughs) Becky, fuck me. And they're just like, "Go home, man. You're fired." He's like, "What? Why?"
1: Like a virgin.
2: Because
0: Becky is your boss.
2: Yeah, yeah. i sleeping with my boss. I'm trying to. Fuck, get away. Those googly eyes you're always making at me. You I'm Trying to get bitch. a promotion. It's like, my name's not even Becky. <laughs> it's Joanne. There's no Becky here.
0: <laughs> my name's not even Becky, it's Steve. <laughs> I
2: don't care what your name is. Just come here. Take your pants off. Your wife is hot.
0: <laughs> I don't care what your name is. Just tell you, pants. <laughs> That's a good motto. So he gets fired, uh, which is a
2: problem because this is kind of his only means of making money at the moment. So... Over the past few years, Edgar was trying to court a different girl that he fancied, by the way. Um, not Becky. And had some help from his... <laughs> at this point, was he selling any of his like poetry? Yeah, he's sending the... it to... Stories and... Yeah. He's sending it to like different newspapers and he's getting little bits of money here and there. And even though he got fired from this job, he's still writing. So he's not quite successful at this point, but... Yeah, correct. Some people might know of him in the area, but he's not like renowned
1: yet well how famous can you get as a poet anyway yeah it's pretty hard to break through you gotta be a long fellow so he's more like I... edgar allen who
3: Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's getting dangerous around here yeah yeah you said it edgar Allan, bro <laughs> sorry it's so bad <laughs> i like edgar Allan, bro <laughs> I, like I like that, that. No, that's good i like that definitely keep that in don't cut that out <laughs> <laughs> it sounds only funny because it sounds so bad Yeah, so he wants to fancy, or he wants to fancy, he wants to court this girl that he fancies. And he's having his cousin, Virginia Clem, remember her? Yeah, Virginia Clem. Sounds like she's in the clan. He wants her to help. He's talking to Virginia, who's, he's passing notes to her. She's going to the girl that Edgar likes. And she's like, yeah, Edgar's really nice. And she's being a wingman. She's like, cool, cool. Over the years of doing this, though, the friendship between Edgar and Virginia becomes a little bit more than a friendship. And
1: They're cousins, they. Eh?
2: Biologically, they are first cousins. All right. All right. They're related by blood. I want to make yeah, sure that's very noted. This isn't yeah, his foster cousin. This
1: happens on this show.
0: Yeah, and you're right. Edgar's a cousin fucker. Did you know that Hot one? Hot cousins line up. Back then, was it like? Well, at least it's not my sister. And people were like, okay, fair enough. I'm not really sure.
2: Like, we've done this before with cousin fuckers. Einstein fucked his cousin. He his married first her. cousin and married her. Yeah.
1: I think it was more common the further back you go, but probably
2: still not stellar. I yeah. don't imagine. I think if you're not royalty, the people don't like it. I think if you're royalty, then nobody gives a fuck. So if no, you're you like... expect royals to fuck each other? Yeah,
1: that's how they get those weird blood diseases and <sighs> cum-colored skin. That's what our country's built on. So cum-coloreds,
2: doinking yeah. doink your your relatives,
1: Dwinkin' <laughs> doinking for the country. <laughs> well, you know, he couldn't,
0: uh, he, he couldn't find a lady any other way. Apparently not. Kept it in the family. I mean, if you look at our royal family, they're definitely all inbred. God save our gracious <laughs> queen. <Ugh. laughs> I must have come from
2: some inbreeding. There's no way you can get this pale, this pasty, pale white. You are very pale.
0: Yeah. I think it's because you don't go outside. Yeah, because I'll get cancer. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. of inbreeding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'll get inbred. One of my cousins will be after me. If I walk outside, they're going to find me. One of my cousins will be trying to breed with me. I'm like, Darren, stop. I'm not even female. This doesn't, It doesn't work this way. It does with cousins.
2: <laughs> Just take your pants off. I'll show you. It works. <laughs> I'll show you how it works. Don't tell me it doesn't work. It does if you believe. <laughs> Don't tell me it doesn't work. It does. <laughs> you give me five minutes, I'll show you how it works. It'll work. Before they get married, Virginia's family is trying to prevent them from getting married. Because they're like, it's your cousin, Edgar. It, it, Edgar's your cousin. Don't do this. And <laughs> I should note that Edgar's 26 years old. Virginia's 13. <clears throat> so not only is he a cousin fucker, he's a bit of a uh, pedophile. Idea. Or pedophile. Yeah. So I say pedophile?
0: I was trying to be on Edgar's side this, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, I was he's tr- a sad,
2: sad lonely now. man. I was trying
1: to justify <laughs> cousin fucking, you know, time and place. Right. And you throw this, you throw it at us. 13 year old child well let's just do a quick a
2: quick recap here so yeah but i do love
1: the way you explained it where you're like her family wasn't psyched they were like it's your cousin you better not not that you are in middle school (laughs) and he's a
2: grown adult yeah So, so far, what you thought you knew about Edgar was he was this great poet, and it turns out he's a whiny little bitch, wanting money from his family,
0: and a cousin fucker who is underage. He's a pedophile. There we go. What he heard from his family is like, take your 13-year-old cousin, take her to the park, and (laughs) take her to play football. But what he heard was that, take her to the park, and then take her to Pound Town. (laughs) I mean... He's a creative writer. He took his own direction on that. <laughs> you know?
2: No one understands me. look get creative. It's fine that she's 13. You just don't get me. You just don't understand why it's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. She told me she was older. <laughs> she told me she's, she was 25. She's your cousin. You know how Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, I just
1: thought she just hadn't hit puberty yet for inbred reasons. But, Weird.
0: Huh. Yeah. here you go. She came up to me.
1: Okay. I was actually worried you were going to make a more Edgar Allan pokes is underage oh that's good too cousin but i liked you know I'm,
0: I'm actually ashamed that i didn't make that joke oh. Oh. but i'm glad you did <laughs> th- somebody had to, someone had to we have, i'm glad you did we <laughs> have to know what this show is lactate is milk in it <laughs>
2: that's what i do edgar continues publishing more <laughs> of his his fun weird gothic short stories uh which also all seem to have some sort of hints of reflection in his own life for instance he publishes a short story called Berenice. Have you heard of Berenice? No. I had to go read it for the first time when I was doing this research. I read a bunch of his stuff when I was living with your little brother, actually. But You were a big big Poe fan? Well, he just had the like full collections book. Oh, of yeah. Po, and so I I actually stole it, and I'm pretty sure I lost it. So Seems like it would be the kind of thing you'd want to read if you're stoned or something. Yeah. I'm bored. That's probably was going on. Yeah. But Berenice is a fun horror story. Where the main character, named Igeus, or maybe it's Igeus, I don't know, I call him Igeus, is marrying his cousin, uh, uh-huh. Berenice. And there's, there's a little bit of reflection there. But Igeus has an extreme obsessive disorder where he goes into trance-like um, states, obsessing over really ordinary objects or a memory he has, like a smell of a flower or just little dumb trinkets. So he just starts hallucinating. Yes, that's actually a really good way of putting it. He goes into very hallucinative states when it's bad. He's trying to control it. He understands like he doesn't like going to him. And he's supposed to be destined to marry his cousin. And his cousin gets sick with uh, probably tuberculosis. <laughs> with with AIDS? No, I think you know, <laughs> I think it's like some sort of makes your body deteriorate because he describes that, that. her She's just in bed. She looks like shit. Sounds like age. She's deteriorating. The main character, Igius, is sitting in his study. The wife walks in. It startles him and he gets fixated on her teeth because she looks gross but her teeth are like pristine and so he gets obsessed with it and goes into a trance so deep that he sees teeth everywhere he just sees her teeth in his imagination he sees it like in physical form he can actually pick up her teeth and look at them and Ugh. look at every angle like teeth shit and he's getting very you know he's obsessing over her. he wants to see every crack or every flaw so or he's just like really embracing the grotesque uh, this is a huge thing He goes into details about uh, morbid things or very weird and strange things very this is kind of the gothic style and But if you're such a fuck creep, that you're going to
1: marry your 13-year-old cousin. I think you're just going to be like, well, I'm just gonna lean into this and just be weirder.
2: Yeah. You're become grotesque. I think it was always kind of weird, but now it's really starting to come out. I mean, the story even ends in a really weird way where he goes into a trance he comes out and finds out his wife has died. He gets told, like, your wife's dead. Her fiancé, really, they never got married. They bury her the same day. This is Brunice. B- Berenice, Berenice, yeah. It's a bury Berenice the same day. Igius goes back to his bedroom, and he sees a box, and he starts to kind of hallucinate again and go into a trance. And he's like, well, how did this box get here? And he gets snapped out of it by someone screaming that someone dug up his wife's body and desecrated it, and he grabs onto this small box that he has in his room but he doesn't know why and he ends up accidentally breaking it trying to open it and 32 teeth get scattered all over the floor and there's a whole bunch of dental surgical tools and he's covered in mud and blood so essentially the character went to a trance and went and dug up his own wife and took pulled her, her teeth. teeth out yeah. so it's it's pretty morbid yeah
1: i don't really know what to do with that because i also think he was probably doing some sex stuff um, you know what i mean like you're gonna you're gonna take the time to dig up a body You're going to fuck it at least a little bit. Every single time you get a hard-on, you're like, what am I supposed to do now? The
2: problem with DNA bodies is that, like, they're stiff, you need to get stiff, the rigor mortis seems to kind of spring, (laughs) something happens.
1: It's just meant to be. Yeah. It's really problematic.
2: When
0: they're stiff, it gets me stiff, okay?
2: People thought it was too gruesome in the time frame. A lot it's of, gruesome now. Yeah. It's it's highly regarded, you know, with high praise today. A lot of people say it's this brilliant writing. If you go read it, it's a very interesting, well-written. Well, he also writes another short story around this exact same time frame called Morella. And it's another gothic short story about a man watching his wife named Morella deteriorate in bed from an illness. So he kind of has this theme. And it's always about the wife dying and the person has to deal with it. Yeah, it's yeah. And with Morella, I'll just give you a quick thing. I'm not going to go too much into it like I did with the other one. So, with Morella, the guy sees his wife dying and he kind of wishes that she would just die because she doesn't want to deal with it. She just complains all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm dying. Oh. So, she
0: dies. Oh, where are the blowjobs? <laughs> Nowhere. She's too ill to do them. <laughs> oh,
2: I don't feel good. I'm just. I'm... Ugh. No, so she dies <laughs> while giving childbirth. And he doesn't name the child. And eventually gets to the point where he has to get her baptized and they ask her what's the name of the child, and then right there he decides it's going to be Morella, named after the mother. And just then Morella, the child, shouts, I'm here, and then dies. And when he goes to go bury her next to her mother, the mother's body is no longer there. He has this kind of theme throughout a lot of his stuff about reincarnation and resurrection, so it's just a really weird kind of story.
1: Yeah, that's just bizarre yeah like why is there a second story with somebody being dug up i don't know he likes it he's definitely digging up bodies
0: in his free time he might be as someone who's never never read uh, edgar Allan poe was it good Was it? All i didn't good? like or it... i didn't care for morella
2: i liked the other one i liked the first one but it's like,
1: like the writing style is distinct yeah right very descriptive and sort of dark oh for sure but the the content is always a...
0: is it the same concept as like Mein Kampf is distinct.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, that stands, it's, that it's, that it's, stands, stands out, out a
0: little bit. Hey, French, uh, He's saying some things here.
2: I don't know. I, I think at the time frame, <laughs> especially anything even kind of remotely horror, even like horror stories is kind of standoutish. But again, I mean, if you've read The Raven, which I think most people have at least at some point, it's that style. Like he, he talks that way throughout most of his writings, that same kind of rhythm yeah. he has. So it's still fun and interesting, but I didn't really care for Morella itself. Not the story.
1: It just seems it's beautifully
2: no, written. No fun at all. But yeah. But again, this is another one that doesn't get taken very well. Most people don't care for it. They think it's too because he goes into descriptions of how she looks when she's dying, and it's it's morbid. Yeah. So they're like, ew. Don't don't write about this. And he's well, like, I'm just gonna. dead
1: babies and
2: edgar and virginia actually do officially now get publicly wedded they were actually married before when i was kind of explaining they were getting together and stuff but in 1836 when he's actually 27 years old they officially announce it so everybody can come to the wedding so she's like officially 14 yeah now she's 14 years old so it's good that she's
1: fine
0: then yeah that that one extra year made the difference for sure (laughs) 13 is egregious (laughs) 14 is probably too old (laughs) <laughs> Fourteen is a <the> new forty. <laughs> She's an old maid now. Ew, Ew. <laughs> got any young friends? God, Ew. I any twelve-year-old friends? <laughs>
2: yeah, we can get more than a year out of it then.
1: <laughs> oh, I like how you say it? That's
2: <laughs> oh, so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. Just points to it at the same time. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, Edgar ends up going back to Southern uh, Literary Messenger, the place he was fired from when he was drunk, right? That place. Nice. And he tells them, he's like, Look, I'm really sorry. I was drunk. I need a job. If I'm on good behavior, will you give me a job back? And yeah. they basically say, Yeah, if you don't drink at work, you're fine. Come on back. So he gets a job back. And, you know, this is really a bad time frame for a lot of people, but especially with writers, because this is around 1837, which is, which is called the Panic of 1837. Mm. This is where uh, unemployment was super high, pay was super low. I mean, even if you were just a normal worker that had to go work in the factory, you might do the work and then your boss can't pay you for, you know, a month, even though Shit. he was supposed to pay you sooner. So some kind of inflation problem. Yeah. It, there's a whole bunch of shit going on, I guess, when it comes to uh, economics. Money is stupid. Especially for writers. I mean, they're even on the lower end of the pay scales and that kind of shit. But somehow Edgar seems to pull it together. Even during all of this, he travels frequently all over to different states at this point and works for various magazines and newspapers. Anything you can get. I'll be an editor. I'll write my own stuff. I'll publish it. I can do this shit. And you know, I'll pose nude. I'll pose nude. I'll fuck your thirteen year old cousin. I don't know. What what do you got? That's what I'm good at. So in eighteen thirty eight, he's about twenty nine years old, he publishes his very first and really the only complete novel, which is called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. With a dick so long it could suck it. Oh I that did is
0: it. a that is a limerick.
2: <laughs> Bam. That is a limerick, surely. Did it. He even did it earlier. It was like future telling. Yeah. But uh, I won't go too much into this uh, novel he wrote. It's, it's received a lot better. It's an adventure story out in the sea, kind of similar to what we were talking about before with one of his short stories, Shipwreck, Mutiny, Cannibalism. It's fun. Is this the one that this is like uh, It happens later? It happens later for what?
1: You're Like you're giving me code and I'm not... Like, oh, sorry. I thought... I don't know if that's like a thing people know that like this story, some version of it happened in real life like 50 years later and everyone's like... Did he, oh, for real? Did he predict it? But it's really just that he wrote a... Whole a sea horror, and then a sea horror happened with similar what? names later. I
0: don't know. I, oh, shit. Tell, us de- tell us details. That's... Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't come up so in my research. Uh, I'd have to look it up.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, while you're doing that, I could just quickly say that it did have some gruesome details, because that's with cannibalism and fighting and stuff, so there was some people that didn't like it. That being said, I think he got really good reviews later on, after he was dead, like H.G. Wells, Henry James, Arthur Cannon Doyle. All these people said that this was a brilliant novel and should be on the top 100 list, like of novels.
0: They always do that after they died, didn't they? Because Van Gogh didn't like sell a-, a single painting whilst he was alive, yeah, no one, but no one gave. They, like shit. glorified his death.
2: That's true. Although, and then I would say that a couple of these people are like 100 years after he died.
0: Yeah, well, H. G. Wells. That was like yeah, early. 20th century arthur
2: cannon doyle would have been like the late 1800s early 1900s so yeah pretty close so you're probably right maybe so just like oh he's brilliant and everybody's dead everybody
1: loves to jump on that like bandwagon yeah yeah the uh so it's not even as dramatic as all that Where like (laughs) in the book they killed a cabin boy named richard parker and ate him oh yeah and then 46 years later a yacht sank and uh four survivors just like in the novel killed and ate a cabin boy named richard parker
2: really yeah that's great I, That's even come up to mind so that's i'm glad that you uh so had that rolling around in your noggin for some reason how ooh. do you have that information yeah i i have a fucking idea <laughs> well that's good that's 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 a way cool interesting it's gonna
0: be 100th anniversary soon i want to recreate it
2: mm. <laughs>
0: you're gonna eat richard's coastline to utah <laughs> uh it's gonna to get to it's pretty far away california <laughs> Maybe we gotta go find a kid next to the lake. Hey,
2: Richard! Richard! (laughs) It's as good as we're gonna get. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't make a lot of money with this novel, by the way. Um, Unfortunately, not. The next couple of years, Edgar would go on to write two more books. The first being Tales of the Grotesque and Arabesque. Uh, That's how you. I've heard of that one. Yeah, so that one's a lot more famous today. This is the big hit. Um. No, this one didn't sell well that time frame. Again, it's too grotesque. So yeah. And he obviously doesn't care. He gets the reviews that say it's too, it's too <laughs> gross, and he goes, "Cool, here's one that's just."
0: About. Should I be embarrassed by <laughs> hearing of that one?
2: I don't think so. I think I I never read it, but I think a lot of people have. Have you read through it?
0: I haven't read it. I've only heard of it. I've only heard of
2: it. That's pretty good. I think it's one of his ones that are only because I can't read. Well, that's
0: different though. I mean, you can uh, audible it. You just do, yeah. do it on audible. That's just because I'm stupid me too hence why i had a podcast otherwise i'd have a blog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: i'll just talk someone record it <laughs> yeah yeah i promise i'm smart let record it but you need friends for that <laughs> so i had to do it by myself <laughs> well the funny thing about these books he writes because he does one i just said the tales of gr- the grotesque and then he also basically co-authors sort of this one called the the first book and conchologist yeah the reason why this is kind of a silly story is that tales of the grotesque pretty much doesn't make any money like everyone it gets bad reviews it's too gross the conchologist is it's like a textbook it's like a illustrated school textbook that somebody else was actually working on doing research on about shellfish i think is what it's all about (laughs) yeah shellfish (laughs) and this is a crazy story mean, conchologist fine if you want to be correct. I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I'm asking if that's what you said. Yeah. Okay, conch.
2: What, I, what did I say?
1: I think you said that. I think I said conchologist. But I was like, is it a fake word that he came conch- up of about where you fuck teeth or something?
2: Con- conchologist. Conchologist. Yeah. Quit trying to... Conch... Qu- conchologist. Qu- quit correcting me. Conchologist. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a textbook that somebody else was doing research on with these shellfish, and they're like labeling them and giving descriptions of it, and they, for whatever reason, asked Edgar, well, Edgar was desperate for money, and he knew who the writer was and said, I can you know, call I need money, and he's like, well, help me write this book, you know, be my editor and stuff, and also, could you put your name on it, because you actually are starting to get a little bit of a following, it actually might help the book sell, so put your name on it as the author, and he's like, fine, that's fine, so he signs his name over, he gets like 50 bucks just for that, and then he helps edit it, He he does actually quite a bit with the book. He rewrites what the original author was saying, and George Cuvier. who We have a people time on Cuvier. Cuvier, yeah. thank you. He uh, had some research that was put into this book, but it
0: was in yeah. French. Whoa, whoa! Did did people time just do a correct pronunciation there?
2: Yeah, it probably wasn't. I don't know. Correct anyway. We only had an it's, episode on him. <laughs> it's French, so I just assume it sounds dumb. <laughs> Wait, <Just> who, who <laughs> said it right? Me and you both said it differently. Well, what was the correct one? How'd you say it's probably Cuvier? You. Cuvier is that how it is?
0: I speak a bit of French, and I think it's QBA. Yeah,
2: Yeah, see. And you're usually right and I'm wrong. If he he is French. (laughs) Yeah, he is. So he wrote a bunch of stuff. He did some conch in French, and Edgar was able to translate it. That is so weird. So he helped quite a bit with his book. It gets even weirder because once that gets published, only Edgar's name was on the book. It wasn't like... Edgar and so and so and so and so it was just Edgar so people suddenly thought
1: that this grotesque weirdo was also a conch
2: specialist. no they thought he was ripping off the work of the original author who he's oh, working with whoops and he actually gets told by his publisher that they won't publish anything because he is plagiarizing and he had to go explain to them no you idiots no. they came to me and said I want Edgar Allan Poe on the title of the I needed 50 bones yeah so but it, helped it, out. it did cause a little bit of an issue for him because he wasn't able to publish for a while, while while they were trying to sort it out. But isn't that fucking weird? And, and that it, book, by the way, sold out completely within three months. It sold the out. conch book, sold so out. the one book that he actually, and he doesn't make any money on it. Basically, he has no royalties. Oh my but God. the one book that he's you know a part of that is successful is one that he uh, he wasn't even really writing or anything. He just well, as everyone
1: knows, that was the high time of conch popularity in America. You know,
2: everybody had a favorite conch. Yeah. Um, Everyone wore conches. So in 1841, 32 years old, Edgar took a job for, it's called Graham's Magazine as an editor. While he's working there, he also continues to publish his own short stories through this magazine. And Edgar's work starts to get a lot more popular. This is where he's really now starting to get well known as Edgar Allan Poe. Sweet. And he ends up making their reader subscription go from 5,000 to 37,000. Because people are like, cool, we like Edgar Allan Poe. He keeps writing, like, I'll subscribe. And so gets they've decided that the grotesque is free So fun. he is pretty good. Yeah. All right. It's coming around. Going on with Edgar. So he's been writing for multiple newspapers, traveling around. Next couple of years, Edgar actually ends up winning a prize in another newspaper. The It's a Philadelphia newspaper where... He wrote a piece called "The Gold Bug," and it won a prize of a hundred dollars. Oh! And he's gaining even more fame, like it gets spread out to other newspapers. And doesn't a hundred-dollar reward feel like a slap in the face? Back then, you got to remember, though, right? 2000 dollars $2, is like fifty thousand dollars. So, a hundred-dollar reward is probably All right. like... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and and he just needs ends to meet, so anything's probably good. Yeah. Well, his rich dad died. Yeah, took him out of the will. Well, Edgar goes on another tour as well, and he's selling out now at poetry lectures, and his cousin wife, Virginia, starts to show
0: signs of tuberculosis.
2: Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not
0: even kidding you. <laughs> I, was I was literally about to go, yeah, go, Edgar. And then you said cousin wife. And oh, I like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh... his young cousin wife. I thought you were going to say she was showing signs of signs of pregnancy. Not really <laughs> no.
1: Tuberculosis. You're more likely to get that than pregnant. <laughs> That's really like the, yeah. the side name of this story. Edgar Allan Poe, his war against tuberculosis.
2: <laughs> N- nobody wins. Everyone... Tuberculosis wins. <laughs> yeah. It still wins. <laughs> so because she got tuberculosis, Edgar goes into a pretty deep state of depression and we kind of see a little bit of his state of mind because he was... Which he fucking loves. Yes. He's actually like, this is great writing material. Very inspiring. Can you be more sick? This makes me more <laughs> depressed and this helps my writing. He's like poisoning her slowly. Like, oh, this is so inspirational. I'm like, going to write a story about this. She's coughing up maggots. This is amazing. <laughs> but he does write letters to friends of his. And you can see that he really did care about his cousin wife. Because he says each time... He's definitely the only chick who ever fucked him. Yeah. I think so. Definitely. He writes, uh, each time I felt all the agonies of her death and each accession of the disorder, I loved her more dearly and clung to her life with more desperate partisanity. I don't know how to say that word. Partinicity. Go ahead, buddy. Partinicity. Thank you. <laughs> but I am constitutionally sensitive, nervous, in a very unusual degree. I become insane with long intervals of horrible sanity. So it's kind of like he's almost... Describing like what he wrote about in his previous stories, where like, he's saying that like weird things set him off into
1: an hallucination, but he prefers that
2: I'm not sure if he prefers, but he definitely well, he did say
1: long. Law... what do you... how do you describe sanity he doesn't, well he doesn't want to live here, he wants to live where everything is covered in dirt and dead bodies and <laughs> teeth that's where he wants to be i i think he I think
2: he's sad that she's dying, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he's ultimately really trying to say. We'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. And so he's not doing... I'm
1: not happy when any of my cousins die either. Yeah. But I'm also not fucking them. So yeah. I'm sure he's sad. Yeah. 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 They won't let me. They won't let you fuck them? No. Have <laughs> you tried? I mean, you know, like a polite inquire. Like sex? Like a Facebook message, <laughs> like...
0: Sex? Would you like me to bang you? Cousin Tommy? <laughs> In my opinion, you haven't put much... You haven't put enough effort in yeah flowers poems yeah chocolate showing up and just you know flowers and chocolates naked. won't cut it mate no you gotta gotta get aggressive gotta get more in depth than that.
1: <laughs> so i need to go <laughs> I need to go find my cousin and just grab him wherever he is no come here i got your pants <laughs> give me her give me your pants
2: Edgar's not doing well with his wife being sick, and the, the illness will definitely kill her soon. It's, it's known. She's not dead yet, but... How old is she at this point? Oh, she's like... She's still a teenager? 16. so oh, that yeah. sucks. So, in 1845, maybe she's 20 now, 1845, he's about 36, we get to what is called the osgood ellet scandal. This is kind of fun and interesting. This is something that happened while she was sick. His his cousin wife was sick. Mm. So, yeah, with Edgar, he started flirting with a, a married woman. And Now, it might have been... So, his cousin's dead? No, not yet. Dying, okay. Dying. She's in bed dying. And Edgar starts flirting with a married woman who it might have been more innocent, but they're, they're having some cheeky letters back and forth. And yeah. I don't think they ever had an affair. I'm pretty sure they didn't. But uh, the woman's name is Frances Osgood. Now, Virginia was aware of Edgar and Frances's relationship. As a matter of fact, she would often invite... Francis over to come like hang out with them basically, and she wanted to, um, her to keep Edgar company because she knew they were good friends and she was dying and couldn't really do much. And she' was like, "Come on over, hang out with us. Oh boy. And so Francis would come and do so. and there was a note that Edgar made sure he didn't drink when Francis was around. so I guess his wife cousin wife liked that hmm. but nonetheless, there well. was another woman named Elizabeth Elliot who for some reason had a crush on Edgar. That funny-looking dude. She is fucked up on the inside. Actually, Edgar's considered to be really good-looking. That's something that will be a fun fact later.
1: That's... No way.
2: In his earlier years. I'm going to Google Young. Yeah, well, he's getting... Oh, he's, he's... He's getting so... Famous now. He's so tortured. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So deep. So this Elizabeth chick, she was interested in Edgar, and she was actually sending him kind of love letter-type things, and Edgar pretty much ignored her elizabeth even would say later on that he repelled her that he just was not interested at all how is that possible well one day i know right You're one fucking day, your cousin Elizabeth came over to Edgar's house and saw a letter from Francis, the other woman, right? Uh Oh. And she thought it looked a little bit promiscuous or whatever. And she's known, by the way, Elizabeth is known for being vindictive, vengeful, and petty. And so she saw this, got mad because she likes Edgar. And she wrote a letter to Francis saying, yeah, you should calm down. He's a married man. You're a married woman chill (laughs) and then she told edgar basically he needed to return her letters back to her i guess that's like a thing like deny them like give back her letters her love letters to you and edgar was like they're not even love letters like you need to chill out and if anyone needs to be told not to be sending a married man love letters maybe you should go look at yourself because you've been sending me love letters bitch Yup. and she gets fucking angry at this and decides she's gonna cause a whole commotion about it so she ends up yelling at edgar edgar grabs her letters Elizabeth and gives them back to her like here you go them. yeah I guess this is kind of like unfriending in that day age like <laughs> fuck you don't talk to me anymore like I'm he, blocking you yeah yeah it's the same as yeah it's the same as unfriending block yeah and that makes her even more angry oh, no so she starts sending letters to uh, Edgar's friends saying that basically telling them to tell Edgar to give back the letters of Francis trying to make it bigger, like they're having a love affair and you should go talk to Edgar about it and tell him to stop and to return those letters. And Edgar is just furious now, getting pissed off. And this is where things kind of get fun. When Edgar returned the letters back to Elizabeth, Elizabeth told her brother, go to Edgar's and tell him to give me my letters back. <laughs> so Not knowing that he already... <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. It's, it's like, like Jerry Springer. Right? Like... He took my letters. (laughs) You know, and then he gave back my letters. It's not fair. He needs to go get the letters. I love
0: how specific the Jerry Springer, like, (laughs) titles are. Like, you took my letters, you fucked my cousin. (laughs) And then you posted it back through my letter. It's a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole episode. And we
2: got the results back, and it turns out she is your cousin. We all knew. So everyone knew the whole time. <coughs> we
1: actually
2: we never questioned it. So Edgar did send the letters back to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth told her brother to go to Edgar's and get her letters back. So Elizabeth's brother didn't realize it got returned, and she was purposely doing that. Hmm. So when Elizabeth's brother shows up at Edgar's and goes, give me back my sister's letters, he goes, I already gave them back. And he's all like, I don't believe you, and you have this much time to give him back or else I'm going to come back and kill you. So Edgar reaches out to fight, one of his fight, friends, fight, fight. and he's like, some doctor friend of his, and he's like, this is the scenario man. Do you have a gun? I need a gun to protect myself from Elizabeth's brother who might try to come kill me. And he
0: tells a story. It's the most American thing I've ever heard. Of
2: <laughs> yep. That's a little bit too on brand. I'm so glad we have a British person For America, in America. <laughs> To make it just point out the obvious. He's like, what the
0: fuck?
1: Where normally we'd be like, yeah, get a gun, dude. Kill <laughs> get him. Get 10. Fuck. fuck
0: yeah. I've got, I've got a slight disagreement. <laughs> I'm going to need a gun. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: like that guy's face. I'm going to need a gun. So <laughs> his doctor friend tells him like, well, tell me the story. He explains it to me. He's like, oh, I don't believe you either. And so they get into a fight where Edgar pushes him, (laughs) and if you hear both sides, they both said they they fucked up the other person, but we don't really know. We know Edgar had some cuts (laughs) on his face from the rings that the other guy was wearing. That's every fight. Yeah. I fucked
1: him up, you say, while in a coma.
2: So now him and that friend are no longer friends. His name, by the way, is Thomas Dunn English, and that kind of comes up later. Dunn English? Yeah, Thomas Dunn English. So they were friends. Like dumb English. Dumb English. They gave each other a flogging. Like all the English, am I saying? <laughs> gave each other a <laughs> The Scottish will agree. The Scottish will agree the flogging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Elizabeth is still continuously <laughs> spreading rumors about Edgar and Francis' supposed affair, which really probably wasn't happening. And it gets to the point where Francis' husband actually finally steps in and tells Elizabeth, she's like, you're going to apologize to my wife. You're gonna say you're gonna tell everybody that it was a lie that you were lying, or else I'm gonna come sue you. This is ridiculous. So this actually was like in the news
1: at the time. Yes, it does get to the newspaper. That's what I mean. Is like it was so like interwoven and
2: dramatic. That it became part of his, his major yeah. biography because it's so yeah. ridiculous. Pretty much. I, mean, I only got more blown up because he got into a fight with his friend over it. So everyone's like, oh, see, it must be true and all that. But Elizabeth, this bitch, she writes a letter of apology to Francis and it's hilarious because she states that she retracts everything that she said about Francis and Edgar having an affair. But that the whole reason why it came out was because she saw this letter at Edgar's house, which now she understands clearly must have been Edgar forging the letter to make himself feel better. (laughs) And that he made it all up and that was the letter she saw and presumed that it was real. So Edgar's just a pile of shit who tries to make himself feel good by writing love letters to himself. And that's her apology letter that Uh. she sends out okay <laughs> okay yeah it does eventually finally die down but it does get to the newspapers and everything like you were saying fuck yeah virginia who's still sick of dying a so, so fucking fight. i mean at this point she has a hatred for elizabeth and says that her health declined because of the shit that elizabeth started up with all that mm. edgar and virginia had moved around multiple times they're trying to find a location where it was easier on uh, virginia's illness you know people do that You're like you got tuberculosis let's go somewhere hot oh that didn't work out let's go somewhere cool yeah where they. They think that the climate is going to help. Yeah, and it just doesn't. Which may be in some capacity. Yeah, but they Out. do eventually land in New York. And he Ooh. gets a job at a place called The Evening Mirror, which is a magazine. And this is where Edgar would publish his most famous poem ever, The Raven. Hark, Nevermore, et cetera. Yeah. So it was immediately a giant success across the nation, like That's overnight. A- surprising. A poem could do such a thing. Right? About a talking raven. Yeah. He doesn't really say much.
1: Well, I guess he just... Doesn't the raven just say never nevermore? Yeah. S- Still, they shouldn't be able to speak. They don't have the right tongues.
2: But what a fantasy this is. I think crows or maybe ravens, one of them, because I know there's a supposedly a difference, but one of them can actually talk. They're like parrots, like really. aren't they? They Yeah, you can mimic. They can mimic. say anything.
0: I think it? They are very smart. I think it, is, I think it might be crows.
2: Yeah, I think it's a crow, but... It would
1: fucking freak me out. You sitting outside and a fucking crow lands by you
2: and is like, hello. And you're like, God, like ah! <laughs> yeah, Shoot it! Shoot it! Well, the funny thing is with the raven is yeah. Edgar made a whopping $15 for that poem. $325 today. Shit. That was it. That's all he made so on that. Was that was just like selling it to one distributor and then they just sold it. It blew up and he didn't get any more money. He just sold that one... That one poem. And he, I mean, he made more money in other poems. he did. uh, yeah.
0: Even even post COVID, that's huge.
2: (laughs) He doesn't even need an OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy that that's clearly not only his best, you know, most notable work, but it's well known even to people who aren't, you know, into poetry. And yet he only made, yeah, like very little money on it.
0: If you're interested in PeopleTime OnlyFans, tune in to OnlyFans.com forward slash (laughs) PeopleTimeOnlyFans.
1: It is disgusting, (laughs) but you're going to love it.
2: (laughs) You get used to it. You just give it an hour.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of like... So we're trying to innovate
2: sauerkraut play as a sexual (laughs) thing. While the other one tries to say Worcestershire sauce. Just try to pronounce it (laughs) correctly. Just try. So soon after Edgar wrote the, The Raven, he actually became the owner of what's called the Broadway Journal. But instead of making him more money like it was hoping to do, it actually ended up putting him further into debt because it didn't do well and it went under like a year later. Money problems. He's getting paid for different royalties of other stuff he's written, not the Raven. And so he's able to kind of make some ends meet there, but he's still not rich. He is famous and well-known now, but Virginia eventually succumbs to tuberculosis. She dies in 1846. Edgar's about 37 years old when she dies. And so some of the last things that she said was that she just knew she was going to die, and she wanted to make sure that Edgar was happy. So, yeah, Aww. something kind of cute. Aww. Right.
1: Cousin love. Something That's ki- It's something kids say, though. She doesn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> she heard that
2: on My Little Pony. Cousinly love. <laughs> Oh, cousinly love Ugh. <laughs> so Edgar obviously didn't take this well with his wife dying he grieves for a while he actually visits Virginia's grave every day for two years and always brought fresh flowers for her grave each yeah, day that's nice yeah I still think that in his mind he was hoping to dig her up and get her teeth
1: yeah Yeah. that's what he was jerking off over the grave thinking about <laughs>
2: Yeah, nobody gets me. Nobody, nobody understands me. I'm a middle child. <laughs> so, Edgar would continue editing and critiquing other authors during this time frame. I kind of talked to you a little bit about his drinking issues. Some today it's still widely believed that he was a, like a huge alcoholic. That might be true. There's a theory that he actually probably didn't drink very much until after she died. So, the people if you're on the side that believes that like He drank some And he got easily drunk whatever condition he has. But he wasn't an alcoholic until his wife died. Then he started drinking a lot. And in 1848, Edgar's about 39 years old. He tries to court a different woman now that his wife has passed. And it's been a couple of years. So the name of the woman is Sarah uh, Whitman. No relation to other famous Whitmans, by the way. No other Whitmans. Yeah, but it doesn't go... not,
0: Not famous to the Walt.
2: Yeah, not a Walt Whitman. No relation there. Not Dick Whitman either. Or, or Dick Whitman. Yeah. But it doesn't go anywhere because she states that she would consider marrying him as long as he completely stops drinking. And... Bitch, get out. <laughs> he doesn't. And sh- and so she calls the relationship off. So a year later, in 1849, Edgar went to a lecture tour and ran into his old childhood sweetheart, Elmira. Remember that bitch? Oh, yeah. that was the very first one. What? And she was like, I'm going to go marry a rich businessman. Uh, yeah. Handsome, successful. Yeah. But... Her uh, husband, she's widowed now, he died. I'm assuming at this point, I didn't check, tuberculosis. That's my guess, yeah. So they kind of meet up and they're like, hey, maybe we can, you know, get coffee or whatever. But they win- They rekindle their love and they decide that they're going to get married. And Edgar actually stops drinking for her. He's wow. Like, All right, I think this is a, an actual thing. The one that got away.
0: Not worth it. <laughs> no, nah, not
2: worth it.
1: Carry on drinking. No one's worth it. Drink it by yourself and just think about her.
2: <laughs> and now we're going to get to the very, very odd scenario of Edgar's death. This is such a strange and weird thing that it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. I be- I, I've i heard it's strange. So he's married now, new wife, old love, and he's going to go do tours, poetry, writing, all that S- shit. So he is uh, hooking up with her? They're married now. His old fling? Yeah. All right. yeah, married. Well, interesting. So, I'm going to warn you right now, this gets really weird, and there are a lot of theories based around his death, because nobody knows. Love theories. So, we're going to do a couple different variations of how he died, or how people think he might have died, right? I'll spare you the tiny stuff, because there's a ton of little tiny variations, but Mm. we'll go over the big ones. So, I'll give you the, this is the, what we knows. Okay. You know the know stuff. Edgar's about to travel around to multiple places around the country to raise money and to help a friend edit their poem. He travels for a bit, comes back home for a visit with his wife. She tells him, I don't think you look well. This kind of goes into one of the theories, so you can take that how it is. He says he's fine. I'm just gonna go do my tour like it's planned, but I'm gonna go stop and meet a friend first. So on September twenty sixth, eighteen forty nine, Edgar goes to visit a friend named John Carter, who's also a physician. According to John Carter, when Edgar arrived, they visited for a little while, and John even stated that Edgar looked well and that he was in good spirits, and that they just talked and visited for a while and I so mean,
1: he looks like he has tuberculosis,
0: but we all do. Yeah, everybody. Looks in that this way. time period. Yes. Literally everyone has tuberculosis at this point. Yeah. just... How bad you have it? What level is it? Yeah. What, what, what
1: stage are you in? Are you being a pussy and dying yet? Or are you fine?
2: <laughs> yeah. So Edgar, he is talking to the doctor and the doctor states that Edgar all of a sudden realized that he had a prior meeting to go meet some friends at a restaurant that was nearby. So Edgar's like, I got to go. And he grabs the wrong cane. He accidentally grabs John's cane and leaves his cane behind and he goes off to the restaurant. His buddy, John, ends up realizing this later and is like, oh, well, he's going to come back and get his cane. And he never shows up. So John later goes to the restaurant knowing where he went. And it might have been even the next day. And he's like, hey, is Edgar still here? I've got his cane. I wanted to do swappies. And they're like, he's no longer here. So he asks about him. Did he make it here? And they're like, yeah, he was in good spirits talking to friends. He didn't get drunk. He, was, he didn't order any drinks. He was sober. And then he left, but he also left his luggage. Just left it behind. So his brain is just... Don't know. Foggy. So... He had to get on a ship in the morning, and we are pretty, like, 100% positive he made the boat without his luggage. He might have just forgotten it. So he shows up in Baltimore. That's where the ship was taking him. And he arrives on September 28th. We know that because that's when the boat showed up. However, for the next six days, nobody knows where the fuck he was. (laughs) He's just gone. He didn't check into any hotels. He didn't check into any places of boarding. So no one knows where he was at. No one saw him. He's also kind of famous now. People will probably recognize him at least at some point. he a
1: distinct face.
2: Yeah. But six days go by, and he's just vanished. But on October 3rd, a man named Joseph W. Walker finds Edgar in a semi-conscious state in the street just outside of a local pub called Gunner's Hall. Now, Edgar seemed delirious and dressed in ill-fitting, dirty clothes, as it was first stated. <laughs> Highly speculated they weren't his clothes. They seemed worn out and they didn't fit him. What the fuck? (laughs) So he vanished for six days, suddenly shows up on the street, and some people thought maybe he was mugged or robbed, but the only thing he really could say to John Walker, he just kept saying Dr. J. E. Snodgrass, and then just a bunch of nonsense or like kind of in and out of consciousness. So this is a doctor and a friend of Edgar's, or at least an acquaintance, and they reach out to him. But they also take him to the hospital. Like, you need to go to the hospital. Uh, Something's clearly wrong. But Stodgrass is a real guy. He is, yes. I mean, all he did was basically say, like, you took him to the hospital, they'll take care of him. Like, I don't think he was really involved. Edgar was at least trying to convey that he wanted maybe a doctor, and that's who he thought of. (laughs) So when he gets to the hospital, it's called the uh, Washington College Hospital. Edgar is, they think he's just intoxicated just because of how he's acting and they put him into a room basically to like detox him it's just like yeah he's fine whatever and they note down his symptoms which include fever mania revulsion to water and that he kept calling out the name reynolds which no one knew who that was even people who knew edgar was like i don't know he never talks about a reynolds is it a friend of his ryan 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 reynolds probably is who you're right yeah
1: who wouldn't want to talk about him
2: yeah if I'm going yeah, to be dying soon, I want to... I mean, Deadpool could probably go back in time. Yeah, he's already breaking the fourth wall. Why not? So the doctors tried to... It's rabies. So that's a theory. He just said a version of water. I'm glad you said that because that's one of the theories. So the doctors ask Edgar many questions, really never getting any answers. The best they came up with was when they asked him where his possessions were, he said he just couldn't remember. And then everything else was just kind of like mm-hmm. nonsense. Edgar goes in and out of consciousness for the next couple of days, but he still isn't really coherent. At one point, he apparently started talking, but what one of the nurses said was that he was having vacant uh, conversations with spectral and imaginary objects on the wall. So he's just fucking out of his mind, it seems like. He was also pale and drenched in sweat. A lot like Tesla, too. Hell yeah. He went out bananas. Bananas, yeah. So Edgar ends up dying a few days after. On October 7th, 1849, at the age of 40 years old, the report of his death stated that he died of swelling of the brain, which is pretty vague, and they state that, basically, there's no death certificate, but all the people that wrote down what was going on stated that they didn't know why he died. And that's what they put down when they are like,
1: he died of something. Well, I think they were still eating mummies at this period, too. <laughs> yeah, right? So,
2: what the fuck do they know? So, here are the theories that we're going to go over that are kind of fun. None of them are really great. <laughs> <laughs> They're all pretty pretty speculative, but... Uh, They're still fun. The first theory is one that comes to everyone's mind and what was pretty much spread around after he died, which was that he was just drunk. He drank himself to death. He was a heavy drinker. Six-day bender. And the thing is, the reason why this one gets dismissed as probably being the least likely is... No one ever saw him drinking. No bars in the area ever saw him drinking. They don't know where he was at. doesn't explain that he was just gone for six days, Hmm. vanished. And then on top of that, when it comes to drinking, usually you can get that kind of out of your system where you're at least coherent and and conscious within like a day. Yeah. But he was basically out of it for six days, in and out, not really coming to. Yeah, something's off.
1: Yeah. Fugue state. Yeah. Brought on by eating too many teeth. (laughs) teeth.
2: <laughs> That'll do it.
1: He OD, he OD... You can't
0: eat them. You have to save them. Yeah, you yeah. need to be more careful
1: with them. You can OD on
0: those fucking
2: things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to just look at them. Don't put them in your mouth. And
0: like Collect them. The more you have, the better.
2: Ew. Uh, the problem with it also being that he wasn't drunk or drank himself to death is that Joseph Walker, when he first initially saw Edgar. He's like, "Oh, I think he's drunk." And started to help him up. And then after helping him up, said, "Oh no, he's not drunk. I don't smell any liquor on him. He's not hammered. He's hmm. acting different, but it's not drunk." So, because that was noted down, people go, "So he wasn't drunk." That seems like that wasn't part of it. But yeah, it, it, it four days of incoherence seems overly long to dry out from a bender even. It's yeah. Even doctors today are like, "That seems unlikely." It's hard to drink yourself to death. Uh, The next theory, sorry, this one's the second theory. When Edgar's mother-in-law learns that Edgar had died, she went to go check on his cat, and when she got to Edgar's place, because she wanted to go feed the cat, I guess, she found the cat was dead pretty recently. And due to Edgar's symptoms... Not the cat. Because of Edgar's symptoms, which was confusion, fever, and revulsion to water rabies is actually considered to be a possibility that maybe the his cat had rabies weird gave it to him essentially and then they both died of it because rabies will kill you like within six days of yeah. contracting or at least of showing signs of rabies and so it's is that the same nowadays yes if you get rabies now it's like for oh, fuck's sake it's actually bad still rabies is still dangerous today Ugh. like if you think you've contracted rabies and you go get help right away. Like if you got bit by an animal, and you just go like, I gotta go make sure they can treat it. But once you start showing symptoms, it's anybody's it's guess too late make it or not. Yeah, they can try to
0: do a whole bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, I've stuff. heard if it's if you sh- if you start showing symptoms, it's too late. Yeah, you're dead already. Which is odd in this yeah, day it's and like age. Walking Dead.
2: Yeah, It's because I like think two people a year die of rabies. So that two. I don't think anyone cares. Not one, but two. Is that
0: in your Every town?
2: I think, like, two in the U.S. Or, like, five in the U.S. It's Something like, like that. Yeah. It's not very much a year, so I don't think anyone's really like, we gotta get the cure for rabies. Yeah, that fun run didn't really seem to help. I don't think there is a cure <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: after, like you said, if you show signs, it's done.
0: That that rabies, that rabies kiss-a-thon, that did, just didn't go down well. <laughs> I don't know why. No. Yeah, so
2: that's basically one theory, is that Edgar's cat may have given it to him, and they both died, and they could be possible plausible i mean it doesn't still doesn't really state where he was for six days but i guess he could have just gone and curled up in a corner somewhere as he slowly let rabies take over i mean if it like gave him like seizures and shit maybe he just didn't know where the fuck he was yeah um one other theory is that could be viable is it was simply brain cancer it matches a lot of the symptoms that give theory a little more credit and there's a weirder part that goes into it so when he was buried when edgar Allan poe was buried right after he died in the hospital they just put him in an unmarked grave later like decades later they dug up his coffin and we're going to move it to some other location loves that so when they dug up the coffin and pulled it up the coffin like i guess kind of broke it was old and shitty and i guess his skeleton kind of fell out they definitely opened it they were like let's get let's get a check of this right let's see what's up well they all noticed that there was something like hard rolling around inside his skull and the theory behind this is it was very possible to be a tumor that calcified, and that's what they heard Ugh. when they go to move the body. Does that
0: happen? Oh, shit.
2: Apparently so. they uh, A doctor uh, confirmed that that was a possibility. I was
1: going to say, like, if your brain rots away, why would not the cancer? But I, I guess, guess if it can calcify and become a mineral.
2: Yeah, it kind of gets hard
1: and just Ugh. becomes,
2: yeah. Just doesn't doesn't rot away.
1: It's got to be a huge fucking tumor if you can hear it rattling in there.
2: Right? God. And it matches some of the symptoms. Why well, he's got again. such a big fucking head. All right, so here's the last theory, and honestly, the the most fun one. Mm. All right, it's gonna sound weird, but it I'll explain. Aliens. So, many believe that Edgar was actually attacked. This is a, probably the most popular opinion. At this time frame, there was a crime that was called cooping, which is a form of electoral fraud. What would happen is they would have an election going on, and there'd be like a kind of gang of people that would kidnap people. Uh, just normal civilians, uh-huh. take them to a voting booth and tell them who they're going to vote for. <laughs> okay. They would disguise them up in different clothing to do this so they could keep voting over and over and over. I mean, that's democracy on the ground. That
0: Sounds like what they did in the Biden camp. Right? You wouldn't see that in the Donald Trump, but the Biden camp, it seems like what they did in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Trump won. They they stole the election. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. got, we got cooped. We got cooped. Biden cooped us. Weird that this is actually a thing, and at the time it was actually being reported to be happening. In the newspapers that week, hmm. there was warnings of people cooping. There's coop gangs. So be careful while you're out there. Uh, it is considered illegal and fraud, and that's part of the reason why they get other people to do it. It's Because if you tried to go and vote multiple times and got caught doing it, you, know, you could do time. That's electoral fraud. Yeah. So they would bully other people. And assault
1: Yes, <laughs> other
2: they would either threaten your life or bodily harm, or if you look like you were an alcoholic, they would give you alcohol as like, a, you do us a favor and we'll get you booze. You're poor and you're on the street, we'll give you alcohol. Mm. Some people believe that they might have even drugged him or gave him a bunch of alcohol and just for the next six days kept making him go over and voting over and over. Now, what's interesting about it is that the pub that he was found outside of, the person, the owner, didn't... They said, like, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe hasn't been here at the bar drinking, but that pub was actually a place you could go and vote for. So... It's a coup hub.
0: And what's well, a hub to vote? So a pub to vote at. So... A pub hub? Although that is like a um, kind of a great way to spend an evening. If you're just uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. at a pub. <laughs> just just voting. Yeah. Voting over and over again. People are buying your drinks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll come again tomorrow. You buy the drinks. And I'll and vote again. Give a shit. <laughs> Joe Biden,
2: you say? Oh, <laughs> oh, no, all right, I'm fine. Yeah. Go
0: for Joe Biden. <laughs> to go further on to this, the
2: name Reynolds, this is what I only found one source of this, and I didn't go look at myself because it was way too much. It was a local election going on during this time frame, by the way. And Reynolds was apparently one of the runners. Ah. So he was calling out Reynolds, and yeah. some people believe that maybe he was repeating what he was probably told over and over Vote Reynolds, vote Reynolds. And maybe he was getting beaten up by it. However, he had no physical damage. The one thing that is wondering now about how he died though because that kind of explains why he was missing was that even though they didn't find any bodily harm to him a doctor was stating that if he got a blow to the back of the head that was really good it could cause a fever cause all these things swelling of the brain which is kind of funny because it was the original diagnosis for his death but that it wouldn't be seen because of his hair he had pretty thick hair in the back and nobody yes. has known that he uh nobody got f- hit just check his fucking head on top of that the thing that rolled around in his skull years later when they were digging his body back up could have possibly been from a jawbone piece that when you get hit in the back of the head commonly breaks off kinda of weird he has like a cheekbone jawbone area and that could have been rolling around and that's what they heard It's morose So,
0: that's the most popular one. I mean, it could be anything. If anyone, like, struck you in the head, it could be, like, anything that broke off in your brain. Yeah, that's a shit. Yeah. Nobody knows.
2: It is a complete mystery, and that's one of the more popular theories, is that he was kidnapped, possibly drugged, or given a lot of alcohol, which he wouldn't have been able to handle a bunch of. And then was told to vote over and over and over, and then they hit him on the head, or just drank him to death, because he couldn't handle that much alcohol. Reynolds on. And then he was taken to a hospital. Yeah. And died. Is that,
1: so, you th- like, uh, historians or whatever, uh, chroniclers, that's the predominant theory?
2: I think that's what most people think as far as when they hear all the different theories. I don't know what historians really believe other than they might just be like, nobody knows how he died. It's yeah. fucking weird. Jury's out. He showed up six days after vanishing. Nobody knows why. And yeah. So, he was cooped with rabies. I'll say the last thing before I get to the couple of fun facts and then we'll... We'll wrap up here. Edgar's obituary was actually written by a rival of his who had a grudge against him. The guy's name was Rufus Wilmot Griswold, who wrote a high-profile obituary that actually got spread across the entire nation. And he did it under a pseudonym named Ludwig. The obituary really calls out Edgar, and what was stated was that it was mostly lies or great exaggeration. In the obituary, this guy says that Edgar was insane. He was a, a drunk, He nobody liked him, he didn't have any friends, and it just really kind of tears down his character. Funny enough, he goes, brilliant writer. Oh, okay. Basically, the literary world just lost one of its greatest. I was to say, who lets your
1: enemy write your obituary? Yeah. Like, he was a fucking idiot, nobody liked his face, really just disgusting breath, <laughs> yeah. generally... Uh, unpleasant be around pretty pretty
2: good writer because he could compete with me well so the whole point of bringing all that up with edgar Allan poe's obituary is that a lot of people think today now that he actually wasn't a raging alcoholic or drunk or didn't have very many friends or anything like that it was just that was put in his obituary which was exaggerated or lied about and then it just kept going because it spread so much and then over hundreds of years yeah they're like oh he's a drunk but he might not have been the confusion of his death where he could have drank himself at death. Yeah, so that all pretty much might be derived because this guy didn't like Edgar and... Gave him a lot of flack. <laughs> Here's the last fun facts. Despite the iconic photograph of morose-looking Poe with bags beneath his eyes, people who knew him actually described him as being quite handsome, especially in his earlier years. Hmm. Admirers especially noted his striking eyes. When he was going to college, they uh, deemed him as being one of the most attractive. So even though you might look at Edgar Allan Poe, his most famous picture that you'd probably see, he looks kind of funny and sickly, but He was considered to be very good-looking.
1: I don't know about all this.
2: And many people believe today that Edgar uh, was possibly a drug addict to opium and used it. However, it's probably completely incorrect. Nobody ever knew him as doing opium. And he wrote a story. One of his short stories was about an opium user. And people think that there might have been some confusion that he was an opium user because of that story. But yeah, he probably wasn't. Well, an opium didn't contribute to his death, so... yeah. There's not really any telling. But what there you really? go. That's Edgar Allan Poe. What a weird looking guy. Did you think you... I mean, when you thought of him, did you think of military? Did you think of a nope. little spoiled brat? Spoiled? No. Did you think that he was uh, had a mysterious death? I didn't even know about that. No, I didn't know. I married his cousin. I do like that, like... <laughs> uh, it sounds sad, but I like the poeticness of him dying in a sense of, like, how it sounds like one of his stories were, where he's just in bed, delirious... Uh talking to the walls. Reynolds. It sounds like one. Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it would be one of his stories. And yeah. And there's some sort of pu- poetic beauty in that tragedy. And- Less putrid than if he had written it, but eerily similar. Obviously, I, I mean, I like his writing. I like his writing style. I'm not really a, a poetic person. I don't really get poetry that well. There's some stuff that I like. I'm like, well, oh, that was cleverly written. Well done. You expressed your feelings in an awesome way. However, I'm not really a guy who can understand poetry i do like his writing the stuff i have written i think it is clever and well done and it has a really unique and fun rhythm to it even just by reading it out loud yeah but so i think his work is really great uh the whole goth thing i think is us more being silly about it if you read his actual letters fitting his letters to normal people he's saying he seems like a normal guy other than being a brat to his father (laughs) he doesn't talk that way when he's writing letters to people it's when he's working on his poetry, it's that style. When it's he's not talking to people, all Marilyn he sounds, Manson quotes. He doesn't sound gothic when he's talking to his friends and stuff. Yeah. He doesn't sound melancholy or yeah, depressed.
1: But he certainly helped solidify the genre. Yeah. You know, of grotesque and scary shit. I think Frankenstein was somewhat new and then H. G. Wells pops up somewhere nearby. So he's certainly an important part of the artistry. Yeah. In some capacity. So weirdo cousin fucker, good job.
2: Well, there you go. Mysterious death. Oh, hope you had another fun episode listening to us on People Time, Woo! and we want to thank Ryan who has joined us over from a uh, Knackers in the Breeze, which you can still go find some episodes. We'll make sure to have Ryan join us again. There's no more new episodes from Knackers, but we'll we'll make sure to give Ryan uh, some more guest spots on People Time. Come hang we out love with having us. you, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to join again. Yeah. But yeah, alas, uh, Knackers and the Breeze is no more. However, if you want to. Uh check it out on Spotify it still does exist yes and if you want to check it check it out on YouTube it still does exist uh, however I feel like I would like to have a little uh, point out that Carl Papa and Captain Lacte <laughs> I know they change the names every week but they do a shitload of research and they spend a lot of time doing it at the moment they do it for free uh, and I would just like to point out that uh, they spend a lot of their time doing it and uh, if you pester them on their email, they might set up a Patreon where they might be able to give you some money <laughs> and uh, you, you might be able to support them financially for doing all the like really. Well, I think our OnlyFans is going to take off. <laughs> In-depth hard work that they do. I feel like they're too polite. They're too, in a sense, too British to point it out. <laughs> I think uh, pester them for, to set up a Patreon. Send me nudes. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for to our gmail please i'm just talking as a fan here <laughs> we go weekly we all want more content um i'm not only a dabbler i'm a fucking addict <laughs> look <laughs>
1: nudes for episodes so i'm saying send me nudes <laughs> i
0: will send many
2: it's <laughs> gonna be ryan and I you're just said
1: hey but i said it i gotta do yeah. it yeah
2: i'll take nudes for episodes oh it's so nice of you ryan thank you so much hey we love all of you all you dabblers thanks for tuning in hey tell your hot legal age cousins about
1: us and then have sex with them if they're into it i mean it's consensual don't be don't be a
3: monster
2: Congratulations! You have found the hidden
0: outtakes. Would you Would you replace a testicle with an eyeball?
2: Over teeth? Yeah, I'd still play. I play with your testicle over teeth.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, I'll do it anyways. Is this a Would you
0: rather? or Do you want yeah, I want? No, no. Would you your... replace your testicle with an eyeball? Oh no. Just, just because you can, <laughs>
2: like, if you, if surprise.
0: You... Hello, <laughs> hey, hey, honey, look what I did this morning. I... I'm winking at you, but it's guys. I know, I know this surgeon. He's into strange stuff. <laughs> you can, you can get this shit done. It's pretty neat. It's exchange. You want to see through your bollocks? Oh, it's exchangeable. It's
1: hairy. <laughs> yeah, you mostly
0: would... you'll see jeans, or <laughs> you'll just see your you'll pants. see a ball sack.
2: That's all you'll see is yeah. the inside of a ball. Oh, I unzip see the inside of your boxes. Unzip, and some girl's like, "No," cause she thinks you're about to flash her, but you're it's like, "It's the
0: zip coming from your trousers." Just trying
2: to look around, just
1: trying to look around, lady. God, mind your own business. Don't
2: flatter yourself; it has nothing to do with you.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be here either, lady, in this women's
2: department store. But I mean, have a look around. I couldn't see, and that's <laughs> how I ended up. So, yeah, so I need to get out of here. So I need to see. So I'm gonna go now. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to look around. I'm browsing. Okay. This is nice. Let's <laughs> pick up some bra. This is good. <laughs> this is nice. Oh. Okay. Anyways, some hippies told me to look through my third eye. It's not in my forehead. It's in my bollocks. We're- okay. All right. We're all born different, lady. <laughs>
3: you never,
0: you never get many podcasts that where the hosts are spooning. <laughs> Come and join the Spoon Train. Do you want to go in front or do you want to go behind? If you go in front, I can whisper in your ear. Are you still recording? (laughs) Can this be an outtake?